All right, Painkiller Nearly, episode 53. You know, I feel like we let the 52 thing go by and didn't really, like, I don't know, do a thing out of it. Yeah, we kind of forgot to. Yeah. Ah, we'll get 104. Don't worry. No big deal. <laughs> I'm uh, looking for a joke or something. I feel like I haven't told any in a while. Um, wait, here's I would, one. Don't. I would never remind you. <laughs> so, uh, uh, God, I don't know what this joke is. I'm just going to read it because apparently at one point I set it aside and thought it was good. An abstinent blonde and her boyfriend are about to celebrate their one-year anniversary. She wants to do something special for him that night and decides that she'll go down on him. But, alas, no experience. So she asks her friend for advice, who then hands her a banana and says, here, practice with this. Sure enough, the blonde girl peels the banana and goes to town on it like a deep throat professional. Her friend says, you're doing great. Don't change a thing. The next day, her blonde calls her, the blonde's friend calls her up, eager to hear how everything went. Oh. She asks how to go. Pretty great. Didn't know there'd be that much screaming and blood, though. Blood? Where'd the blood come from? The peeling. She, yeah, that's awful. Yeah. I don't like that one. <laughs> All right, <laughs> then. Bad joke. Hey, you know, that's um that's kind of the, the agreement, right? I suppose so. So how are you? I'm good. It's I'm been raining awful. here. <laughs> ah, nobody cares. It's been raining here for days. <laughs> it's been really depressing. I've been I I, I, I keep I, I get dressed, I get ready to go. Rain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I get, get ready to go out. I I, I have I have stuff to do, I got plans, I have I, ideas I want to put into action and it's they're they're sunshine ideas and I have to come back home and do inside stuff and that's no fun. So what? Why are you so sick? What happened? Uh, nobody cares, Kyle. Nobody cares. I don't know. At first, I thought I ate something bad. It started like I'm really, I'm really getting better now. I uh, a couple nights ago, I I couldn't sleep. My belly was hurting. Whatever. Um, without getting in all graphic and everything, you know, pooping and throwing up for days. And uh, when I wasn't doing that, I was kind of just like How I'm much saying right now. How much weight did you lose? I don't know. I did notice I lost a couple pounds. Um, yeah. That was like halfway through. Like I might be lighter still. That counts. Still. <laughs> yeah, because I, I, I lost my appetite. And uh, uh, and then I couldn't eat much either. Like the the, the first morning after throwing up and stuff, I uh, I had cereal. I was like, all right, you like a milk cereal with some fruit in it. It seemed like a sort of gentle um, breakfast that would get me back on my feet. But alas, it did not stay down, and um, it was just awful. It was just terrible. Like I, I haven't been this sick in a while. My skin hurt, right? Like skin, right? You're like your largest organ, just like doing this sort of thing off camera. But doing that, it wasn't like it was excruciating. But it's like that feeling. Um, feeling is pain, like a bad sunburn or something. Like all of my skin hurt. My bones hurt. I've heard people say that and like, you know, your bones hurt or whatever. It had been so long since I've had bone hurting sickness. My shin, not my joints, although they hurt too. My <clears throat> shin bones were like irradiating pain. Shin bone? Not shin splints, the muscle next to it. The bone itself, my bones were in pain. And uh, I, like I, <laughs> I spent two nights just like laying on the bathroom floor thankful that tile is so cold that was a thing um it's nice 
Couldn't seem to regulate my body temperature, so I'm like throwing tons of covers. Well, it sounds like a virus to me. It sounds like a virus. It doesn't sound like food poisoning. It sounds like you had some sort of a stomach virus, Um, and uh, you know, yeah, that sucks. I hate that a lot. Although I will say this: many of my lowest weight points uh, got (laughs) spearheaded by an illness. I remember I was I was pretty chubby at one point in high school. I got the flu, dropped down to like 160 pounds. And I kept pushing it till I was 155. <laughs> like I got better, and I just—I was like, hey, "This is a good time." Hey, running's easier now that I'm 15 pounds heavier. Like everything's easier. So maybe this would be a good time for you to spearhead a fitness kick. I like the way you're thinking. I um, yeah. What was I gonna say? Oh, Food yesterday probably doesn't sound that good anyway. I declare. I was like, so I'd been sick for two days, and yesterday would have been three. And I was like, all right, not sick anymore. Fuck this. I uh, I don't have time for it. And um. That didn't work, actually. You can't just declare yourself to be well. I'm dizzy. Things aren't going right, etc. Another day in bed. And then well, today, shit. I did the same thing. I was like, I just, I got to get going. I was, I'd, I'd been told that the Apex house was finished. So I went over there. I cut down a small tree, drug it into the woods, and um, threw a bunch of trash out, took some furniture to the dump, things like that. But by 11 a.m., I was just like, I think that's all I got. You know, like I, I, I had, I was going to do some painting and move things. And I was like, I'm just, di- no more. And uh, um, so anyway, yeah, I just, uh, I called it a half day. and But I'm getting better. Tomorrow I'll be all the way better, I'm sure. That's it, good. It'll be better. No more, so we, no more fussing. So we were discussing this whole uh, automotive restoration <clears throat> idea yeah. before the show, you, myself, and Chiz. And I like it. I like the idea of it. And we, we keep coming up with different ways to do it and, and different. I, at, at one point, it was like, oh, we could do, you, got, you and Chiz were going to uh, like restore an old classic car. And I guess maybe Chiz was going to keep it. So it would be like a driver. One of you would anyway. Right. And then we've also talked about doing like that Top Gear thing where all three of us are restoring a car on some minuscule budget. And then we looked at kit cars uh, where you order like, you know, all the pieces you need to basically, you know, play Legos and put together a, a new car. So there's less dent pulling, Bondo work, fiberglass, paint and body, that sort of thing. What are you thinking now? What are you leaning towards? So um, this I've got all sorts of thoughts in my head. Uh, as you know, there's a chance that Tacoma goes to hope. Right. I don't know if that's going to happen or not, whatever. She's uncomfortable with the stick, etc. But if she gets my Tacoma, then I need a new driving solution. And there was a time if you had talked to me, what, four months ago, it was like, yeah, new power wagon. It's going to be amazing. It's got the electronics. I want heat, uh, air conditioned seats. Right. Have you seen air conditioned seats? Mm-hmm. I have not seen them in real life, but I'm told they are like an air hockey table of air blowing up. And, uh, so my wife has leather seats and her car's old. It's an 04. So sometimes it seems like the AC, it just doesn't blow like it used to. And the seats never do get as cold as you want. That and our tendency to hot seat each other. <laughs> it's, uh, oh, people don't know, but they, she has these heated seats and we like slyly turn each other's heated seats on in the middle of the summer. And it's a, it's a game we play that now. Oh we're, yeah, I'm familiar with that game. Yeah. So we like cease fire at this point. We're just like, it's awful. There's, an arm, <laughs> there's a summer armistice. It's so fucking hot. <laughs> yeah, it's so hot. This summer has been so boiling in particular. It's been so hot. So um, to, to wrap up the thought process, 
if I get a new car, instead of getting, I'll say for like, let's say instead of having 45 grand in budget for a dream truck of some sort, what if I were to take that and split it, put like 20 towards a used version of something similar and 20 towards something else like a kit car, right? I could have that M4 thing. Let me, um, I'll just go to the PKA screenshot. I think our pictures are going to be messed up, but for Patreon guys, um, an M4 kit car. And for, if you're not on Patreon, it's www.factory5.com and you can look at their M4 page. 13 grand. And then I think you'll probably need to buy like a three or $4,000 car to sit it on like an old Fox body Mustang. And then one would guess like another three to five grand in costs you didn't think of paint, um, fluids, tires, wheels, whatever. And, uh, uh, but anyway, for 20, 20 does a truck, another like 20 or 22, and you've got an amazing little combo that you can buzz around in. And this, it might be better than the alternative. I don't know, but that's a, that's a, a route you could take. The problem with the bus thing that I pitched on the PKA subreddit subreddit is that afterwards you just have like a big piece of garbage in your possession, right? Like does any, you know, the one thing we could buy is, you know, the, the short school buses that the special needs kids take, you could buy that, paint it to match the mystery van out of Scooby-Doo, go on your trip to like Prudhoe Bay in Alaska or something. And then afterwards, what are you doing with that thing? Well, I, I've seen people that have, that, that take them everywhere, that, that use that for all their trips. Like, I know guys who use them uh, for hunting, and, uh, and you know, they, they, all, they take it on every hunting trip, and they, they, they live in it while they're there. But I see your point. That, that may not be you. So, yeah, that makes sense. I don't uh, see the, it becoming the new family vacation. Like, we're going to Jersey. Let's take the short bus. <laughs> 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 uh, that's funny. Uh, so, so the kit car versus, like, an actual classic steel restoration job uh, – it's, you know, there's some give and take there. With the kit car, it's all brand new shit. Like, there's no rust to contend with. There's no cleaning. There's no searching for a new headlight or uh, worrying that, ah, oh, I don't, you know, the, the chrome's not going to look good. You're going to have to have, like, bumpers re-chromed and shit like that. Like, mm -hmm. I've restored a few cars, and I've watched my dad restore even more. And, and, and those are the problems that you run into, like rusty parts that, are, that aren't exactly what you want. And, and it's not an easy decision to go from, like, Basically, you'll have uh, you'll have your bumpers that came with the car, and you can get them polished and buffed or whatever for you know a hundred dollars, or you get brand new ones. But the brand new ones are like five hundred dollars a piece on a '55 Bel Air, so it's like a thousand dollars just for just for a set of bumpers. But when you get the new ones, they're brand new and they're just they're freshly dipped in chrome and then and then buffed and they're just mirrors. And you're like, yeah, yeah, we got to get the new ones. There's no reason to put that old shit on there, now right? All and your then, other chrome looks bad. Now all your other chrome looks bad, and then you get all that all. So you buy all that chrome, and there are pieces that are this big that are that are twenty dollars, and then you're like, ah oh, man, the window glass doesn't have enough clarity to even be next to this nice paint job and this nice chrome. Like this is old 1966 glass. We need new glass, and then you're buying new glass, and it just goes on forever like that until you've spent twenty to thirty-five thousand dollars, and the One car's worth fifty, but. One thing that I really value is uh, good upholstery. Like when when I see a that's restored cheaper. car and stuff, is that cheaper? That's good. Yeah, that's that that's a, it's a talent box. that I don't have. 
Yeah, um, Dad's been ta- takes his stuff to the same spot every time, and it comes back with you know a really nice headliner, really nice carpet. Um, uh, the door panels are all like leather and like uh, matching, you know, two tone leather bucket seats, and then the big seat in the back. So it looks nice. It's 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 good leather work. It looks legit. Hmm. Uh, so and, and I'm with you. like if if that's not done right though, like it, it it's it, it's not restored to me. I don't want old cracked leather. I don't want old dusty carpets. <laughs> I feel like people think of as the restore job, like, I guess, and that's where the work and money goes into the body, the powertrain, and, you know, the, the, just making all that stuff work right. But if you don't, if it, if it's not awesome when you're sitting in the seat, then, you know, you, you're not done yet. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff. There's lots of little parts in a car. Uh, the, uh, the gauges, (laughs) a digital gauge cluster for, uh, for his 55 Chevrolet. I don't think the one he's got now has it, but the previous one did. And I really like that. You turn the car on and everything's like, and you know, it's all green and digital in a 55 Chevrolet. Okay. So that wouldn't, it used to be analog and dials. Oh yeah. 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 1955. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Um, I'm stuck on this M4. I'm going to, I'm going to flip over to the picture of it again for everybody. Like this to me just seems like a really neat thing to own. And I feel like if I had this, I would have it for decades, you know, 30, 40 years. That would still be, you know, Woody's car. What color should it be? Uh, link me to it. Okay. Because I've closed all those windows we were in earlier. That's fine. This one and, and there's one more. Uh, I'll link it to you too. This Type 65 catches my eye as well. But I, I'm... The Mark IV is... These Roadsters are very tight on the inside. Oh, and the Coupe's probably even tighter. Hmm. It'd be neat if I could see one. Both of these are built on the Mustang platform, which is very affordable and common. And mm-hmm. you can go to Craigslist and get the stuff you need. There was a supercar one, too. But only was it more expensive, but it was built on a Corvette. And you know now there's a now you got a problem. You get a old wrecked. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't let that completely discount it. Uh, you can get you can start with wrecked stuff. Uh, I think that would be the way to go if you're just getting a chassis, right? Just get a wrecked one. Um, it's been like really fucking rolled and destroyed. And if you got to straighten it out, just straighten it out. You can get that done cheap. You could get that. Oh, uh, these things typically come with the chassis. Um, oh, it, it it just uses the powertrain, but then. Yeah, I, I don't know. It needs more research, but the uh, the another problem is like so. <laughs> one thing I've heard is let's say that hypothetically you get a um, a cheap Lamborghini, right? You find a steal of a Lamborghini, it's used or whatever, and and you're getting it for twenty five grand. So while it might be a twenty five thousand dollar car to you, now you've signed up for supercar maintenance. Every tire is going to be six hundred bucks. Um, to get the oil changed in it is going to be some outrageous amount to, and it's going to be really difficult. You know, if anything goes wrong with this thing, they have to disassemble the whole car cause everything's packed in there so tight. Um, I just, but this, I don't, I don't, this M4 on a Mustang body, I don't feel like I'm signing up for that. It's like I, I built it. So. No, you're not signing up for that with any of these cars. They're, they're using st- they're using American drivetrains, right? You're putting a, yeah. a, a small block Chevy in there, or a small. I, I don't like Ford engines. I don't know very much about them. I've never worked on one. Don't have any experience whatsoever. We always worked on everything. We always had with Chevrolet, so like 327s and 
350 small blocks and stuff like that. That's um, I, I was telling you before, but for everybody else, I uh, I'm actually really experienced with a lot of car maintenance uh, th- that has to do with, of course, all the maintenance stuff. But like the transmissions, the you know, I, I've built drive shafts before, like literally, you know, welder, etc. I've um, I've taken axles off. I've attached. I've swapped out axles, right? You know, I've taken one kind of axle, remove it, build a suspension for a different kind of axle, you know, and put that under my rock crawler. Um, with, with certain aspects of cars, I'm, I'm really competent. But the motor itself, like, you know, when they take the top off and you see the crankshaft and all those pieces, and, and I don't even know what all the parts are called. They're like, these are the races, and these are the this and that's and, uh, and I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, yeah. Or they'll point to it, like, look what happens when your oil's bad. And there's, like, a very slight scoring to some surface. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess that's important, you know, based on your tone. Yeah, I can't do that stuff either. And Mm -hmm. and when it comes to doing that stuff, you're going to have to get somebody else to help you, like... like, um, Or not do it. Like, you know... Or not do it. Yeah, like, so I think I could swap an entire motor in and and not have to disassemble and rebuild the whole engine find a proper motor that that's still producing good power that was rebuilt or whatever and then and, and drop that thing in you can start with a brand new motor i mean you can buy a crate engine you can buy the engine brand new and, and start from scratch um, cost, what's a crate engine cost like 2500 it depends what you want somewhere i i think uh, maybe maybe they are that cheap but you know the higher you go the more crazy it gets for five thousand dollars you get something extreme <laughs> well, I, it, and your uh, sand rail is that what is your thing called a sand rail? Your buggy, anyway. Your I don't know. It, I don't know what it's actually called. It's based on that Desert Patrol vehicle. Uh, it's kind of a one-off, custom-made thing, but anyway, it's got too much power. It tears the axles out. That's what I was gonna say. You're familiar with the weakest link issues. Uh, some people call that the race car mentality, right? Where you just yeah, you put in a big engine, and then you see what breaks, and then you put in a big that thing. And then some other thing because in my rock buggy, I just bolt, I, I beefed everything up until the um, the third member got the ring and pinion. Is that what it's? Yeah, the ring and pinion. That those teeth would snap off, and that was the <laughs> thing that that was my weakest link. And uh, it's not a particularly good weak link. Like that's a that's a pain in the butt to fix, and it's fairly expensive. But um, anyway, yeah, that race car mentality. I'd like to not do that with this. I'd like to be able to put the pedal down and everything's okay mostly. 327 yeah, yeah. You, you could do this thing it, it, the car doesn't need a ton of horsepower if you're going to do one of those little kit cars uh those little roadsters that thing doesn't weigh shit if uh, 327 in there would be great if you had if you got 300 horsepower you got tons of horsepower you don't yeah. need four or five hundred uh, i that, that, that'd be cool and and like, like i said doing it like that you don't have to go worry with all the the paint and body but then you know there's something to be said about taking something that's all rusty and, you know, it's on its last leg and bringing it back and giving it another 30, 40, 50 years of life. So it just depends what you want to do. But it is, it's extensive. And, and, and like, some of it's easy, nut, turning nuts and just, oh, yeah, the, all this stuff here it needs to be taken off and new stuff needs to be putting off on. But some of it's really fucking hard. And you'll, I think you'll end up having to call people in because we do. Like, when we get, like, right now, uh, he's got uh, the, the engine tore, tore off, like you just described. You can see the crankshaft and everything. And mm-hmm. there's an, you know, he'll call an expert guy over there, a mechanic over there, and the mechanic's looking at it. And they're all trying to figure out what's wrong with it. And, you know, there's, they're always calling in experts to try yeah. to figure out what's going on. Your, your father's, 
I was going to say lucky. That makes it sound like it's unearned. But you, it, it's good that your father has a network of people to call. I really don't. You know, I don't know what I do. Knock on the Toyota deal. Like, hello, <laughs> can you come to my place? Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, maybe those guys advertise. My dad just seems to know a few people who, who are just like shade tree mechanics or like they have like a, a shop in their backyard and that's what they do for a living. And, you know, they'll come out to your place. He used to race cars. So like he's got a lot of mechanic buddies. Mm, that, yeah, he's got he's got a network. But, um, you know, like you said, I, I, there. I feel like in broad strokes, I could do this. I could take the engine out of one car, put it in this pre-built chassis, and put the the whole drivetrain in. You know, put the axles in, bolt everything up, and make it go. The, the, there's some stuff that's still a mystery in my head, like the uh, the wiring harness. Oh well, you, you're not going to want a wiring harness. So you're going to have a carbureted uh, mm. engine. So there's not going to be as much wiring mm. as if you had a fuel injected. It. it <clears throat> there's a uh, like a what you need thing actually that first uh, link that I gave you there you can see the parts from the 8704 Mustang and a Ford EFI computer with wire harness oh god all right uh, dude so I've in, done that before and god damn that's a bitch maybe you'd be better at this because you've because maybe like wiring is a thing that you excel at, and you've you've, you've you've you know you've built a computer, and I know that it's very different things, but maybe some of that carries over. But I remember when we put the wiring, so we restored a '55 Chevrolet Bel Air, and we instead of putting uh, a standard like carbureted engine in there, we decided to put a nice LT1 Corvette engine in there, a fuel injection uh, 350. Uh, 5.7 liter. LT1 or LS1? LT1 is the truck version of it, right? It was the it was the Corvette. It was the LT is before LS. Okay. It's a different engine. The, the LS is I think the LS is aluminum block, and uh, I think the LT is not. But I'm not positive about that because it's been a while. Anyway, fuel injected 5.7 liter. I think they had them in Corvettes, um, and we stuck that in there. And so there was it needed a new wiring harness, and so we bought a new wiring harness and hooked it up. And it must have taken the manual is this thick. It's like a phone book. It was. It took us weeks. I'm gonna say to to get it in, done. In the off-road world, uh, they sell custom wiring harnesses for these things, and it removes a lot of what you don't care about in your thing. Yeah. But so EFI engines are the only interesting things in off-road stuff because they work when they're tilted upside down, or if, mm -hmm. you're, if you're going up something, or if you're bouncing. Carburetors work really poorly when you're bouncing on like the side of a like uphill, and uh, and it's a terrible time to lose power. So. Uh, everything's EFI and those I never really had any electrical issues so I didn't build a lot of knowledge there but uh, people that did seem to just get the knack for it you know or like <laughs> I, I knew a guy he wired his poorly like it, it was it was too close to the drive shaft and something happened and the drive shaft spun and sucked in all the <laughs> wires and it turned into this rat's nest of awfulness and he's like, well, I've been meaning to make Let's it. Let's just cut it off back yeah. here. <laughs> so he did. He just like, he cut it off. He grabs a wiring harness, plugs it all back up. And, you know, for him, it was like two hours worth of work. Most of the time being spent finding better routes, you know, zip tying it all up. And uh, I think part of our thing was like, you know, putting a Corvette engine into a 1955 Chevrolet. And then some of the other alterations that had been made to it, like the they had a custom air conditioning system and, and a few other things, and probably that digital odometer uh, gauge cluster. There was a lot of like, I guess we'll drill the hole here. <laughs> like, like there was there was so many wires, so many wires, and just looking at you know, there's no internet. Just looking in through this <laughs> phone book, 
E7. It's black with a magenta stripe. And I'm like, what the fuck's magenta? <laughs> like, like, I'm under a car with a flashlight. Right. So. That casts blue or something. <laughs> the, so this is the, this one I'm looking at, the MK4, which is probably the leading candidate of my current idea, which is changing a lot. But um, this is the most popular kit sold in the world. <clears throat> I like that. I, in my head, I picture there being forums of people exchanging ideas and uh, like able to help you. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You need to go to like obscurewireharnesses.com and they'll just hook you up with exactly what you need. It has a like it, there. I remember there were a lot of um, like transmission things and I can't even tell you emission stuff, like a lot of emission stuff, which in this might matter. But in the off road world, emissions weren't a thing. And it was like, yeah, you'd snip it off or they'd find some way to terminate it so that the motor thought emissions were okay. That's what, you, that's what we, that's what, that's the easiest thing to always do is just to make the motor think that, that those O2 sensors are doing what they're supposed to do. Uh, everything, everything across the board, all that emissions bullshit. You end up with more horsepower anyway. <laughs> Cut all that shit out. You don't need that. Yeah. So uh, nobody's checking us here. That's what I love when I go to like, when I see them doing emissions checks in places in other states, I'm just like, oh, that would suck. I don't want anybody to know what's coming out of my car, <laughs> a, especially some of those we put together. Like, God knows. So in Georgia, there's no emissions checks at all? Not that I know of. Like, like maybe I'm wrong and, and, like, you just have to live in a different area. But, like, not that I know of. Like, in like, Jersey, just... there are. In Jersey, they put a thing in your tailpipe, and that's an issue. In North Carolina, I think they just check your... OBD onboard diagnostics, OBD2 sensor. They just plug into that and make sure that your engine's not reporting any trouble. Makes so sense. That probably seems like something we could manage. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I, this seems great. Yeah. Well, I think you should do something. That'd be cool. Um, the Apex house will be on the market soon. Oh, Apex was just rated the number one town in the country to live in that's good i was thinking that's good for woody's house resale that's yeah, nice i'm happy about that uh, it can only be a good thing um mm -hmm. the it looks like the renovation is going to finish tomorrow and it was like 20 grand when it was all said and done our budget was kind of 12 to 20 that we thought we'd put into it and uh, sure enough it's on the high end i don't know if i did too much or paid too much but they What's done is done. Uh, you got it done, and you don't have to, and you can let that thing sit on the market as long as you want and get the, get what you want for it, or at least determine, you know, what I, it's worth and, it's and get fun. your best. We're happy to get out of it. Um, our realtor thinks that he can get multiple bids on it the first weekend. We'll see. I, I always look at everybody's motivations. That's my big thing, right? And uh, he's telling me that we're going to have multiple people bidding against each other to buy the house the first weekend. That's what he wants. All right, one, he's trying to get my listing. He has it, but, you know, he's saying this as he wants to get my listing. So, yeah, keep in mind that uh, this could be a sales thing he's telling me. Oh, yeah. yeah, list with me. We'll get pro photography. We're going to have 10 people bidding on your house first weekend. That's what I want to hear. Mm, you know, if we've got 10 people bidding on it, maybe the price is too low. I could say that, too. And then... Um, Another thing uh, he was saying, oh, he seems to be wanting to sell it really quick. Now, I want to sell it quickly, too. I want to get out of it. But um, if I'm a realtor, what I really want is to get lots of listings. And I want the house to, like, I want to sell it without much effort. You know, it, it, let, let's say that I earn 6% of 250 grand or 6% of 255 grand. The difference there, shit, I'll do this real quick. 
typo is 300 bucks right so <clears throat> one i guess is 3300 the other's 3000 the 300 is not really the issue you know it, if i have to work 5 weeks to earn 3300 instead of 3 days to earn 3 grand i just want to flip these homes i just want to get them selling all the time so for him it's only 300 but for me it's 4700 like it's a big deal and uh it's in his best interest to sell the house with little effort and it's in my best interest to maximize the price so uh, we'll see i'm not an expert in real estate i'm just yeah well i i mean you're in you're in the best position possible right like you're already out of the house. You're in your new house. You can afford to let the thing sit there as long as you really need to. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you, you just it, they just named your town like the best place to live in the world, apparently. So, <laughs> great. Uh, so, sit back and wait. You, Everything's you got your, coming up Millhouse. Yeah. It should be <laughs> so, good there. That'll be good. I bet uh, you, you should have it sold by the end of the year, hopefully. That'd be nice. I, yeah, I think actually a lot sooner than that. Like, um, we're going to try and get the photographers in there. I'm, I'm hoping for Friday afternoon. And... Uh, and then, you know, in my dreams, we've got multiple bids or so a week later. And then we'll I wonder out. if when people Google search that address, if they get like into your into like Woody's Gamertag land on the Internet. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, does that address bring up that, that, you know, whatever coal port, blah, 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 bring up uh, 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 Woody's Gamertag stuff? Uh -huh. Or does it bring up like Zillow and Realtor.com, blah, blah, blah stuff? I I, you're you're kind of making me want to work on a car now. Like the best, and, and it's 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 pretty convenient because like dad's always in the process of like souping something up. I should go over there and work with him a little bit. I just like I thought Optic Scumpy tweeted my address, my old one, but I see now that it's a fake Optic Scumpy account. Um, it is mostly like Zillow and the stuff that you get everywhere. Uh, here's corporate thing. Trademarkia, that's how I first got outed. That's how they found my address the first time. But yeah, by and large, uh, not not a ton of normal stuff. Here's my phone number, old one. Back to the show. Uh, um, so yeah, I hope you uh, hope you guys figure out that whole car thing. That'll be fun to watch, if nothing else. The videos will be good regardless. Um, yeah, so the, the first thing to do is to make the shop and... Um, that what I'm doing now is working on the barn. That got derailed by my being sick. Uh, yeah, I was watching your videos. I saw you guys, uh, you know, knocking that thing down and ripping board off the outside and all that stuff. I watched that day in the life. I think I watched all of it. It was like an hour and fifteen minutes, huh? <laughs> it's really long. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm not saying yeah, it was so long. Like no, I, uh, I, I watched it and I, I, I genuinely enjoyed it all. Um, you know, it was a little look into your life. It was very long, and it, uh, it covered everything. I thought I liked it. I liked watching uh, all the little facets of the Woody, the the day in the life of Woody. You get a lot of shit done. Uh, yeah, I, I actually do get a lot of stuff done on on most days. The day in the life ones, I'm careful to like never sit down. You know, of course. But I, um, sh I should do one of those if I ever have a day where we do something cool. That'd be fun. I I really think, dude, on your second channel, people would love that. Or there, I don't know. There's some. It, it's it's rare that we we cram enough into one day. That that like that one day is is, is would would be good because I, I usually spread everything out over several days. But if if I was gonna do one of these, I, I'd make sure that that day was like, oh yeah, and then you show up tomorrow too because we're doing this thing, and you know make a thing of it. But it 
Yeah. And then I, I started to wonder, like, or do people even want to know? Because a real day in the life of Kyle might not be what they're hoping for. They might hope for the imaginary life of Dan Blazarian. You know, like, oh, I woke up. That's what I would. And then hey, I, like, I, push six girls out of the bed and, you know. Yeah, I would do something. Now, I, you, you know me. I would have some fun with it. I wouldn't be like, ah, oh, I think I'll have some Rice Krispies. Like, like <laughs> I'd make it. I'd, I'd have some fun with this whole thing. It'd be silly, you know. There'd be some silly stuff going on. And it wouldn't be exactly a, uh, a normal day in the life. But it'd, it'd be, like, the most interesting day in the life of this year, more likely. But and, would it be and, a real day in the life? More or less. Okay. Yeah, it, it would be it would be a real day, but maybe I add a few things that are just for silly for you know shits and giggles, just silly stuff. I think that'd be fun. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, never know, I might do it. Probably won't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, you know what though? Like it is a good video idea, as I think it through. Like if you were to step it up and turn your life into, you know, what Blazarian says his is like, that'd be a fun video where you just say, yeah, I get up today. And you know, I bought 22 toilets. I have to do this shit to myself. And I, uh, we had right fun. There. We had fun in that, in that last video, we had Elvis there and everything. Um, I think that's gonna be a funny video. I'm going to try to upload that one Saturday. So that, that should be, that should be good. We, we had the exploding toilets and we had, had Elvis there. That, that was so funny. I, I took lots of snapshots of him dressed as Elvis. That, that was really hilarious. He didn't give a fuck. And it left <laughs> nothing to the imagination. It was completely pornographic. We had to be careful how we, how we filmed him. <laughs> that Elvis costume was not made for uh, a man of his stature. <laughs> um, yeah. So the, the day in life is cool. I, I'm going to sort of finish up the stable, make it watertight, make it good. And then transfer our energies over to the shop. Just as he's moving in, in like as we record this, I want to say it's like this month. Eight days. It's like, oh wow! Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to um, get that thing filmed. Uh, I may be filming at the end of this week and at end next week, and then I'll be free to do our uh, survival trip. I haven't been back to the woods. It's rained every time I've set out to do so, and like I don't want to walk through rainy wilderness. But yeah, it's I, not the uh, right time to scout. Yeah, I need to go back there, and I, I gotta I gotta nail down our exact spot. Uh, I gotta do that, and I think I'm all good and all set for that thing. I, I'm not, you know, I've still got everything that we bought for the last trip, so I, I think I've got everything I need. I got all that bullshit. Oh, my seal, uh, SOG, my SOG SEAL Team Elite knife. I was, uh, when we were filming the other day, I was on the tailgate and I was like stretching string out and then like chopping it and like, mm -hmm. you know, it, it cut and I was going real fast like that, cutting lots and lots of string because we were tying stuff up. And I nicked the, uh, the claw of a hammer with the blade. Blade snapped right in two. No. <laughs> like, like halfway down the blade, right in two. This just snapped. That I guess you know, like, hammers hardened steel, doesn't fuck around, and I, I, I like snapped it at just the right angle, speed, whatever, broke the knife right in half. <laughs> I'd like to see that. Let me run upstairs and grab it. it okay. It's all right. So one time we used to do like, so Lefty was left alone, and he started pimping like his own podcast, which I guess you could call a sister podcast or a rival podcast, depending on your your point of view, but things were bumpy between us behind the scenes and uh, we didn't like it. So another time Chiz was on and he did this singing thing that said, you know, it's the Chiz show, da da da. 
And uh, we started mocking that because it was funny for a while. And someone on the subreddit was like, hey, I think that's a total cop out. You guys have done commentaries and such for ages. You're perfectly capable of talking to a mic on your own without just resorting to the same chis show joke repeatedly. So um, uh, I guess, uh, oh, Kyle's back. But I'm going to try not to resort to that joke anymore and, uh, and just, you know, carry the air and have something to say all the time. Welcome back. Wow. It did yeah. it, huh? It seems so bulletproof. Yep. Like in in your like the weight of it and the um the handle in particular, it's metal, the handle. If you can't tell it it it, it almost looks rubberized on camera. But um to hold it Mine your, is rubberized. Oh really? Maybe I'm going mm -hmm. off bad memory then. Okay. Well the the whole thing just feels it's strong and it's heavy and it's it is what it is. I did not expect it to just snap like that. Yeah, um, it was kind of doing a chopping motion, and you can even, I can see, like, the nicks in the blade where mm -hmm. it hit the claw, and, uh, yeah, it just did it in. I don't know. I'll send it back to him. Yeah. Huh. <sighs> I wonder what kind of warranty they offer. I'm sure they'll send me one. I wonder what kind of service they give normal people. I don't know. Probably, yeah. you, would, you would imagine they'd have, like, most of those, like, Knife and tool companies do a lifetime thing, but I don't know really. A lot of them. I, guess, do. I think their margins are super high. Like that that knife in your hand, is it like seventy five bucks or a hundred dollars? One hundred and eighty, I think. I, I just imagine their materials and their and the machines that make it like that. I think they're they're doing really well. Possibly, I, I honestly don't know. It, yeah. it, um, I don't know how much that like knife grade steel costs to like get and then. I think they make. The, I think these are made in China. I Taiwan. Taiwan. I don't know if that's how much cheaper that is or what, but I, I just suspect they're pumping out knives. The seven dollars and fifty cents each in costs. Selling sounds, them for one eighty a pop. And maybe I, I honestly, I honestly don't know. Um, yeah. you would hope. So. Honestly, I would hope so. Like that, that'd be a hell of a racket. If you're you're making them for. Seven bucks, selling for one hundred. <laughs> in any and case, half bucks. Let's be fair. Seven fifty. Yeah. <laughs> in any case, I um, if they uh, I kind of want to keep like keep it and like I don't know, forge it out and like heat it up, hammer it out, and make it into something. But I think I'm just gonna send it back and get a new knife. Make a dagger. Yeah, something. Yeah. I don't know. Um, <sighs> what else we want to talk about? There was another. There was a terrorist attack, right? And uh, was it in? You talking about in China? No, so there was that chemical plant explosion or whatever in China. Yes. Uh, that massive, those, those two massive explosions. But then there was a backpack bombing uh, in, uh, in Taiwan or somewhere like that. Uh, and they killed a lot of people. It was some sort of holy site they bombed. I'm, I, I could be wrong. I, it, it, you know what? I was sick as I was reading about this. They weren't Americans, if that makes you feel any better. Oh, and you so, could, how many Americans were, how many real people were killed? None, as far as I know. <laughs> oh, well, we're set. <laughs> I heard there were some dogs that got hurt, though. Oh, and I, that's I, sad. Yeah. yeah. I, it, isn't that awful, you know, in the movies when, like, you'll see, like, row of it, countless bad guys just annihilated. Innocent people on the street, entire mm -hmm. skyscrapers smush them. You eat some popcorn. <laughs> but if the dog, if the dog catches a bullet, like, or, or, you know, even in John Wick, you know, they stomp out the puppy, you're like, Oh, dude. Oh, um, no. 
What was the Will Smith <laughs> movie where he fought aliens? I am legend. Those no, were those were Yeah, I was going for Independence vampires. Day though. Uh Independence Day. Early uh, in the scene, they're running from like this uh th- these these giant super powerful spaceships put a beam of like laser heat whatever and it just annihilates cities. They're running. They're in a, a tunnel. I think the one that goes from New York to New Jersey underground. They're in a tunnel and they're trying to go through this side door. And the heat is just like <laughs> flames filling the tunnel, <laughs> doing their thing. And they're like running, trying to outrun the flames. In the nick of time, the dog just makes it through the door. Meanwhile, we've watched like 1,500 cars, a million, million. They just. Overturned yeah. like in a cascade of dominoes of death, and then as you know, skyscrapers and apartment buildings all getting scorched that like was Hiroshima. Will dog. <laughs> oh yeah, well that makes all the difference. Yeah, and then you're, and then you're very concerned about the dog, and but that's that's how I'm wired. I am too. Yeah, that's I, that's how a lot of us are wired. Unfortunately, I, I don't I don't know what it is. I don't know why, but 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 you just I saw there was a I it saw goes the previous Americans, dogs, other humans. Okay. Yeah. All right. I see. <laughs> now, when you say dogs, is that all dogs? I think or it do is. American dogs get a get a get a leg up? I'm, what I, if it's an American? Because I saw a preview for this American hero dog. He was like a marine dog, and he was a hero. And the whole premise of the movie was like, while he was overseas, his like handler died, like in some horrible way and the dog was there and the dog also got injured and so they had he would he could no longer be like a war dog so they send him home to the dead soldier's younger brother who then has to like get the dog back to like not fighting shape but like back emotionally the way the dog was before and i just as soon as i saw those previews i was like that's gonna be the saddest fucking thing ever (laughs) like you got some kind of an american hero dog dead soldiers and like I just know there's going to be a part where the dog fights off some attackers and saves the mother or something at yeah. the end and gets shot and he's all limpy and like, like, no, I'm not watching that shit. I'm going to be crying at that fucking <laughs> fake Hollywood dog. No. Voiced by Michael J. Fox. It would... <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember he did oh. that dog movie? Do you know what I'm talking about? Homo- yeah, Homeward Bound. Homeward That's a great Bound. movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was yeah, a good was movie. The... Yeah, he was the bulldog. Uh, there was the bulldog, the cat, and there was like the golden retriever. Shadow. Shadow, yeah. And, and the, Chance and the of... was, I think, the dog. Yep. And the I've cat. Seen it. Didn't Kirstie Alley voice the cat? I don't know. I think Kirstie Alley voiced the cat, maybe. Anyway, uh, I loved that movie as a kid. And the fact that the dogs... It never <laughs> occurred to me that these are just animals hanging out. Like, they're not really talking, you know? Like, the way they did these old movies back then, it's not like today. Like, now they make dogs' mouths move. Their lips curl and enunciate letters, and you're like... That dog just totally said an R word. Mm-hmm. You could totally see him curl his lip to make the R, but it wasn't like that back then. They didn't have that fucking technology. So you just got three animals together and filmed them kind of <laughs> <laughs> looking around. And then Michael J. Fox came in there and was like, ah, I don't know what to do. My owner's gone. And, and, and they just added voices to random B-roll of animals like walking around outside. Like, like it's the easiest movie ever to film, really. Like the humans are barely on, scene, uh, on, on set, it seemed like. It was just the dogs yeah. hanging out in a park. And you add voices. But as a kid, I'm sold. I'm like, yeah, Chance is talking now. Shh, shh, Shadow's going Shadow's to come in. He's going to give us some experience here. He's an old dog. He's at least seven. He knows what's up. I watched it as like uh, I don't know, eighteen, nineteen year old, and I was like, "What the fuck? Those animals aren't talking. They're just hanging out in a park, aren't they?" 
Same thing with Milo and Otis. You ever see Milo and Otis, the little pug and the little orange kitten? I don't think this, I have seen that one. Dude, it's so I, I must have seen this a dozen times as a kid. Uh, it must have came out when I was like five or six because I remember like first grade me all the time they played it at school. So you got this pug puppy and this orange kitten and they're both born on a farm at the same time. You never see humans in the whole movie and it's just them kind of interacting together. Like they become best friends. It's called The Adventures of Milo and Otis. And uh, long story short, Milo and Otis, there's a creek that runs past the farm. One of them falls in the creek, gets swept away. The other jumps in to save it, and they both get washed away from the farm. And the whole movie is a puppy and a kitten trying to find their way back to the farm. And in doing so, they grow up to be a dog and a cat and have puppies and kittens of their own. And it's this whole, like, coming-of-age story. But it's the same thing. It's just a dog, like... <laughs> and then a guy comes in. I don't know what to do. <laughs> like they're, just, they're just adding voices to dogs and cats hanging out. But it's not uh, like that anymore. It, kids now are spoiled. There's no imagination required. You know, they said that about me uh, every generation. I don't know, man. The, 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 the mouths move now. I feel like if you showed some kids like some of the, carts, some of the stuff we watch now, they think it was witchcraft. I, when I was a kid, Legos didn't come in the pre-built kits they do now. Now they that's use. it. When I saw those pre pre-built kits, I was like, well, I, I never want to buy a Lego again. That's that's like a kit now. My I, like, my wife loves them. She's basically she's into making models. That's what it, it's model whatever making. And mm -hmm. um, th there's a lot of pieces. I don't mean to exaggerate, but like I think there's like fifteen hundred pieces or three thousand pieces. She oh. made a um a working kind of um. What is the big flying uh, aircraft carrier in Avengers? Oh, the uh, the the like hover carrier. Quad carrier, like, hover carrier. Yeah, whatever. I think you get it. She made that thing, and you can spin it, and all the turbines go. That's you cool. You can open it, and you can see like the deck where. Um, who's the black guy? Samuel L. Um, Jackson. But I'm going for his character. Oh. Um, Doctors? Agent Fury. Yeah, yeah, thank Nick you. Fury. Yeah, so you, you can open it and you can see where like Agent Fury you know, commands all the other people and stuff. And, and she really enjoyed making it. I hated buying it. It was really expensive. But uh, um, it, it, I don't know. I don't, it's not Legos anymore. It's model building. Yeah, but exactly. They yeah. were like, it takes no you know, imagination or whatever. I'm like, yeah, whatever. I used to just make triangles and call them spaceships. Like my <laughs> shit wasn't good at all. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's, it, it wasn't that I was good at taking just the regular blocks and creating a thing. It's mm -hmm. just that, I, that that seemed like the way to do it. I remember I felt like we were spoiled when we got those big flat Lego, like the floor that, that everything would connect to so you could build a structure. It was just a big flat uh, piece of plastic with the Lego bumps on top so you could build your house oh, yeah, on yeah, top right. of that. And, like like uh, we never had anything cool like that. I always had, I had a train set when I was a kid. I put that together when I was six. I, I like to put... Like to put little, uh, you know, the rest of my toys on it and have them be on like collision courses and set the train on fire and stuff. Are you familiar with those like Tyco racetracks? Yeah. Oh. The ones where they like they zip around and stuff and like Dude, do figure eights. As a kid, I wanted that so bad. I would ask for it every Christmas and it just wouldn't come. It's like, That's I want terrible. a racetrack. I want the racetrack. I want the racetrack. Eventually I get the racetrack, right? And, uh, you know, I'm like pointing to it, wearing out the TV, touching it so much, pointing, pointing, pointing. And, uh, um, yeah, they, they got me the one I wanted. And, and there was a section of the track that went up the wall, turned around and came back down. And that was like the coolest thing. And I was so excited about it. 
but I'm a child and I don't have the talent to assemble this thing as it's meant to be done. And like, I don't know in my house, just without question, I will help the children and get this shit done appropriately and professionally. That didn't happen. So they're like, here it is to go in the basement and not be with me. Go. And uh, I put it together and all I could manage was an oval. And I still liked it, but it was like, man, like it could have been so great. <laughs> could have been so great. What, I, I, I don't, come on, Dad. Why didn't you sit on the floor with me and put together the racetrack? You got to go up on the wall. They didn't want to do that stuff. Mine wouldn't sit with me and put stuff together either. I remember the one time he sat down and played Imagination Toys with me. It was a fun day. Uh, they just didn't play with kids back then. They, you know, you had to do some man stuff if you were going to be with your dad. You had to go out there, and I did. Like mm. you, uh, That's why a lot of my, like, I don't know, hobbies, talents, skills are like adult man stuff. They're the stuff my dad was good at. I, I, he, could, he shot a bow competitively, so I learned to shoot a bow. He liked to go to gun competitions, so I learned to shoot a gun. Like, they, there's a reason. Like, like, he wouldn't play video games with me. I, had to play that, I was playing Street Fighter by myself. That shit's no fun. <laughs> yeah solo street fighter dad uh, no i'll give him a pass on the video games because I, I they can be supremely uninteresting to people who aren't interested but i don't know just, train sets and stuff like that like dad's supposed to suck it up and help the kids put the train together. set was assembled when i woke up mm. it was it was ready to go and other presents were like on the cars and it was so it was carrying them around you know the whole living room and that was cool I liked my train set. I don't know what happened to that fucking thing. I got it when I was like five and never saw it again. <laughs> we have a train set for our Christmas tree. It goes around the bottom in just an oval. It's pretty cool. Jackie wants to go crazy with the Christmas stuff this year. I that, that, Like decoration? So we have one room that would fit like a... I don't, I don't even know how tall the room is. 18 feet maybe. Yeah. She wants a big tree. Griswold family Christmas! <laughs> uh, Not a sap. I'm like, what do I do with this tree? You know, like, it, even though it's tall enough, I don't have a freaking nine-foot-wide door. Like, how do you even get the tree in the house? You wrap it first so that, so that the whole thing is bundled down to something that's more like three and a half, four feet wide. And then you force that stump first through your doorway. Now, that works on... That's how I get normal trees into my house. Like, if I get, like, a six or seven-foot tree, I guess it's, like, a seven or eight-foot tree. If I get that in the house, that's what... It, it's all wrapped up, and then I undo it. But... When the tree's 15 feet tall, the bottom things, are, they're not branches anymore. They're limbs, right? They, they, they're this thicker. They're trees coming out the side of a 15-foot tree. I'm no expert, but you might have a problem there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe if, like, if you imagine like a 50-foot tree and you cut off the top 15 feet, maybe those branches will fold up so you can get it into the house i don't know how that's gonna work either maybe there's some um, tree. you got plenty of time to get ready for this what i would do instead of an enormous tree which which seems terrible for the environment mm. i feel like you should cover that house in leds till it glows <laughs> like clark griswold's did I, I like that meter should just be doing this like i i've all that's what i've always wanted to do to like literally like take the lights you know the string of lights and like one row goes here vertically up and down the house and the next row is here and they just keep going, and, and, and the lights are almost touching, so the entire house just glows. Dude, the power system that. in this house is ridiculous. It's why we don't have a backup. Like, we kept getting quotes on, like, a backup generator, 
And um, it kept coming to like thirty-five, forty thousand dollars. You know, they're like, "Oh, you know, do, do you have um, like, oh, that's a big house. Do you have the four hundred watt service?" And I'm like, "No, we have three two hundred watt services." And they're like, "Oh, well, you're going to have to step up to this like commercial thing with car engines in it, and like the switch just to turn it on was crazy, and we needed several." See, that's of them. why I never understood why you couldn't just uh, send power to like one part of the house. Or like they're like the or like you know life support systems. They're spread out too. See, that's the problem. I, I, I think that we could have maybe made it so that two of them work. Like two of the breakers are, or two of the circuit panels are next to each other, so we could like swap some from here and whatever and, and make it work. But um, that was an issue too because one would be kind of overloaded. Like you know, really like a lot of the stuff that we can't live without like the heating and air conditioning that's like the point of it really to have hvac um like if you they're the 220 things they're the big power drains and then we're sticking all these things we can live without like some light bulbs and things in the other it, it was it was hard to make it work and then still have a decent system afterwards and i think that uh, uh i don't know we we may readdress it someday it just yeah before we moved here, it was like, yeah, we really want a generator. We really want a generator. Now, I think since November of last year, we've had, oh, I, we, there was a power outage one time, actually. It was, there was brief. No, it, in, in my area anyway, I think it lasted overnight. Oh, that's not good. Yeah. So there was an overnight power outage, but we didn't live here at the time. The house was being worked on. My so, internet went out last night. That's always so annoying. That's almost as bad, really. Like, what's the yeah. point of power if, like... I don't know what to do. Yeah. <laughs> I hate when the internet's out because, like, I don't know, at 10 p.m. at night, we're watching Netflix or we're watching Amazon or we're, we're watching something. Do like, you like have almost... cable TV? No, no. Mm -hmm. I, I, I haven't for... I haven't since I had an apartment. It's been a really long time since I had cable. I had satellite for a bit. Um, but no, right now, the internet goes out. The entertainment goes out. Um, so I was like getting DVDs out. We ended up watching Munich. You ever seen Munich? It's about the, uh, the, I don't the, so. I don't, what was that? It's like Black November. I don't remember the name of the terrorist group, but they're the ones who went to the Munich Olympics in Germany, uh, killed all those Israelis. And then, uh, the Israelis went systematically after that and sent, uh, those guys to go take out each member of, uh, that was responsible for the whole thing and really? it stretched out over years. It's, there's all this like, and it's real. It's a true story. Um, and they're using, uh, there's like some spy stuff. They, they blow one guy up with a sophisticated bomb that uses a phone to set it off. They, um, they, they just straight up shot one guy. Like they, they, they found his routine. That'd be the American way. Yeah, right? That's how we took uh, out Osama. <laughs> I don't know. We blew, out more, we blew up more people than we shoot, I feel like, at this point. Uh, they blew one up, shot one. one um, oh, they, they needed to take somebody out at one point, And they had this, it looked like a pipe. And you slap the back and it shot a bullet. But it was a silencer too, so it was just like, and and uh, and it's a gun. And there, there's a lot of cool spy stuff, and it's a true story about why you don't fuck with the Israelis because those are scary, scary people, and we give them hundreds of millions of dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I. Uh, that almost circles back to politics again. I, I watch Sanders and stuff, and, and, and there are a lot of things that Bernie Sanders says that I consider really right, but he's just not close enough. The gun thing he's got wrong. In my opinion. Uh, yeah, you heard what he said. I, I saw him. He doesn't know that. 
anytime they, I let. I think one of the, I think what you're talking about in particular is, what do they call it, like a semi-assault rifles or something? He's getting his, yeah, it's, it's some people may think that's nomenclature, been, but uh -huh. they really don't know the difference between an AR-15 that you have behind in your in your closet over there and like the M16 that I have. And while, and I know the, the differences seem small, but they're big. It's the difference between a machine gun and a sporting rifle. Uh, what you've I, got I is... Would, I would argue that, I, I don't know. I, I think your M16's most deadly mode is in semi-auto anyway, I think. For uh, spraying crowds, I think the machine gun would be devastating. I, but the, the, and, and, you know, you're never going to have, have that argument with a politician or anybody who's not us anyway that a machine gun isn't as deadly as a semi-auto. Like, it's, it just can't go there. It would be a no-win argument. But but my thing is like he was talking about the ten round capacity and all that bullshit and how no hunters use semi autos and he's just uninformed. That he's just wrong. I, I I'll let him slide on the one little brain fart he had where he called things. I think he said you know semi assault rifles. It's like all right you know he just said it wrong. Like I'll let it go. I'm sure if I made a gun video I'd say something wrong and you'd put a mic in front of someone they'll say something wrong. But. Uh, the bigger issue I had is like I just I don't agree with his limit on the magazine capacities. I don't think that that serves. I think that that restrict that restricts a lot of people just to stop a, a very few ineffectively. You know, it's it's not going to change behavior. It's not going to reduce the effectiveness of the killer very much. You're not going to take the magazines off the streets. That's mm -hmm. what you're not going to do. They're there in such. Yeah. numbers that, that that like if you're not a gun person like if you don't if you don't go to like these gun shows and these big gun things that i go to it's hard to understand the amount of this shit that's out there you can't get it all if you had a government agency whose job was to get it all it would be it would fail they couldn't do it they and you can't. can't take it from gun owners like that's a thing like that cold because they've hands. got guns <laughs> that that cold there's some people who take that really seriously if they came here to take my guns i wouldn't ruin my whole way of life and family or whatever I just but some like, people would enough people would that it would be a non-issue by war. day two you'd be like maybe we should have rethought this thing there have been shootings in 14 14 states since yesterday there are mm -hmm. dozens of end of civilians dead dozens of law there would be a civil wouldn't want to war. do it yeah like it a I, small one yeah some people probably wouldn't maybe like a big one saying this but yeah i would probably just if they came to my house and said, Woody, do you have guns? I'd be like, yeah, I guess. Because I, I got a whole family here. Things are going good. It's, it's not yeah, worth it, it depends, for me to throw it well, all Well, it depends away. on what leads up to that. If, if they mm. came tomorrow and said, hey, we need your guns. It's like, what are you going to do? But if, that, if leading up to that, had, had, you saw that, wait a minute, like Trump's been president for 14 years now, okay? <laughs> he... He took the calendars away from us so we couldn't keep track of it anymore. <laughs> yeah. Now he wants our guns. The world looks Thank like one of maybe. the bad futures in Back to the Future with Biff in charge. <laughs> <laughs> when that happens, you're like, nah, Biff, I'm keeping my AR-15. I, I might need to fight some tyranny here. That's the whole point of these things. Yeah. Um, uh -huh. But but yeah, I see where you're coming from. Yeah, I, I don't like Sanders on the gun control. Just like I don't like him on his, you know, the way he... Yeah. You want to talk about those corporations that are that have sort of robbed the American people blind in one way or another? I understand that, and I hate those people. But you can't just say anyone who makes over X amount of money no longer gets to make money because your best and brightest aren't going to be motivated motivated to do anything anymore. At and least not in this country. People need to understand what happens with these like out of country sales too. Like 
Okay, so I'm Apple, right? If I make something in China and I sell it in London, is that a U.S. profit? Because it's not. Like that's how the, that's how these companies are dodging these taxes. They're like, you know what? Like it, we're a global company. Not all of our profits run through America. That it, we're paying taxes on this money, like in London or in China or whatever. You know, the, the, the different places are, and. Uh, it's not for free. Cisco did this too, right? Cisco would sell routers. They're huge in the UK. And uh, we had money outside the United States that we didn't want to bring in because if we did, then it became a US profit. Like we would have to pay taxes on that. So we had money that existed in like European banks and stuff because it was built outside the US. It was shipped outside the US. The United States had nothing to do with it or at least very little to do with it. And that's how these companies don't pay US taxes. Um, if you go nuts, on increasing taxes, then people are going to start finding ways to not use the U.S. anymore, right? Like, like, how is Woodycraft a U.S. company? I don't know. I mean, we, we certainly have a bunch of U.S. customers and we pay taxes on that. But there's parts of me that are like, why isn't this thing a Cayman Islands company? Like, there's no presence here. You know, a lot of our sales are you know, to Europeans and stuff like LA to UK is kind of our player base and some Australians in there. We could serve this thing off, you know, the Cayman islands and sell things to Europe and there'd be nothing American about it. But, and if they start like really like raising taxes here, then that's what people will do. They'll find a way out of it. Just like the minimum wage thing. Bernie Sanders is for a $15 minimum wage. $15 is a lot. Um, I would like everyone to make fifteen dollars. I think that they, sounds pretty good. That's Taco Bell's paying seven twenty five right now. Are they? Yeah. I didn't know they paid. I don't. I don't know what minimum wage is actually, but I don't either. But fifteen dollars as a minimum wage sounds great, and if I'm making minimum wage, I can see why I'm on the Bernie train. But companies really, really will start replacing these cashiers with, um, you know, automated machines that. At at fifteen dollars an hour, you're just going to be really attractive to automate and get rid of, and I think that's understand the consequences. Yeah, you can't. Uh, I, I like the way Trump looks at that stuff because he'll talk about a friend of his who does like construction work, and he and he talks about how the guy used to always buy Caterpillar, and all, now all of a sudden he's buying Komatsu or something, and the uh -huh. crowd's like, "Boo, boo!" He's like. No, don't boo him. He didn't do anything wrong. Komatsu's cheaper. It's easier to do business with Japan. And then he starts going into government regulation, how to, and he starts talking about putting tariffs on goods and stuff, and, and, and goes that way. And I'm in agreement with him. I don't, I don't know why people always want to blame the business guy who's sitting there and saying, well, why would I buy American if it's just as good here and you know 20% cheaper? Like, I owe that to my family, the shareholders, if you're part of mm -hmm. one of these traded companies, all those people. Like, if you're the CEO making this decision to buy American and your competitors go into Komatsu, why would I want to own your stock? Well, I, I don't have any faith in you as a CEO now. Like, like you just made a bad decision. Uh, the, these other guys using Komatsu to do their construction work, their costs are 20% lower. Like, you got to. I, if I had to vote right now, it'd be for Kasich. I think I learned to pronounce his name at last. Um, Who? He's the governor from Ohio, and okay. uh, um, every time I hear him speak, which isn't really that often, you know, and your who is a perfect question, but uh, it's like, ah, oh, this guy, he's a Republican, and uh, he really seems to be like willing to go out of step with the Republican Party. 
which you know, like, oh, maybe that's just what I'm looking for. But uh, a liberal conservative, you could say that, yeah, a yeah. compassionate one would probably be bullshit again. Yeah, it's it, it, it's <laughs> gonna be hard. I but, want someone right in the middle because but, I think that both of us are kind of right there in the middle with our beliefs and what we want. I, in my head, there's something about Sanders and Trump that are striking the same chord, even though they're on opposite ends of the spectrum. You know, they're like Sanders is telling the truth, I think. Uh, and he's certainly saying what he believes. Whereas Trump, I don't think is telling the truth. I believe that Trump knows he's lying to you all the time. Everything pandering. with Trump. It, what'd you say? Pandering. He's pandering, he's, but he, he's also hyperbolic. You know, everything. Oh, my, my mom, she was the greatest mom in the history of moms. And she was a beautiful lady. My mom, top shelf. Everything fantastic about her. My dad, too. And my companies, best stuff ever to have been stuff. And, uh, and then over here, Mexico, ho, 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 terrible. Worst country you've ever heard of. Just rapists and murderers, as far as I know. And, and everything is the greatest or the most horrible, awful thing ever. And it's just him, and that's how he does his salesmanship. And, um, and I, I believe you know, ISIS, ah, if it were me, I would just wipe out ISIS. I'd get rid of the ISIS problem. Really? Like, how would you do that? Well, I can't tell you. I can't tell you that would make my plan less effective. Like, oh, that kind of makes sense. But I feel like, you know, in your heart, you're full of shit. Like, you know, in your heart that this is a difficult problem to solve. You know, we, we armed bin Laden against Russia. Then suddenly bin Laden's a big problem. So we go after bin Laden and suddenly another one pops up and, and then like, after that other one popped, I want to say ISIS is after that, and you know ISIS is all about what we did in Iraq. Uh, they they say that a lot of the top uh, like officers, the generals or whatever you want to call them of ISIS, former uh, uh, Saddam guys, they they used to run Saddam's army. Now they're running because they're thing. very army ish too. Like it, 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 like a lot of the like uh, uh, what the hell is um, Al Qaeda? I couldn't think of that for a second. Al Qaeda was very hit and run to me. <clears throat> you know, they had an army and they would take over cities and sometimes, but I think that by and large, they're the car bomb people. They're the, the assassination people. They're like those guys. They blow stuff up and then they're kind of gone. These people are coming in and they want to set up shop. Yeah. They, like, like they, this is, I, I mean, it's in the name, the Islamic states of, of yeah. um, Syria and Iraq. Like they're, they're taking up, they're, this is ours now. They're, they're conquering. That's yeah. the difference. These are conquerors versus people who are trying to, you know, you know, I mean, the one man's terrorist is another man's freedom fighter. They've got a goal in mind. They're hoping that by the, you know, blowing shit up and killing lots of people and, and hurting U.S. interests that they're going to shape U.S. policy. But that just never works, it seems like. like <laughs> and who's going to be like, well, they blew up our embassy and we're going to take that as a sign to get the fuck up out of there. Nobody said that once. We're always like, America. they can't blow up our fucking embassy. You know what we're going to do? Yeah. Oh, we invented H.E. Like, it's just, it's always, that's always the route. We invented we what? A-G? H-E, high explosive. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, yo, I like that. We invented A-G, that's us. That's our thing. <laughs> You're a baby. Um, but yeah, ISIS, as you, as you said, they seem to be wanting to like form a country and start a government and, and occupy a territory. And um, that's, yeah, they're, they're bad. But so back to Trump and Sanders. Even though Trump, to me, seems to be full of shit all the time and um, and hyperbolic, there's still something. I I don't want to say genuine. I, I don't want to, but like straightforward. He he seems like he's 
if you ask him a question, he'll give you a pretty straightforward answer. It seems like he's coming right off the top of his head a lot of the yeah, time. Yeah, he's, he's less calculated. Like, they're good, but less calculated. And Bernie Sanders, too. I, I feel like Bernie Sanders is coming from the heart. He's telling you what he is. He, he's, there's an angel and a devil with those two <laughs> in my head. And, and Trump, despite being the devil in this situation, he's still fucking, like, like you believe that, they're, that that's kind of where he's coming from. Whereas I feel like a lot of these other candidates are political creations, you know, they're, they're talking to their advisors about what they should believe. They're just trying to get this job. Yeah, you can't trust Jet, what Jeb Bush says about policy. I, I, don't, I don't think you can trust what any of them say about anything. That's, they're all that's, formed by focus groups. Yeah, and it's, uh, I, I'm checking out this time. I, I, I'm only interested because I want to see uh, what, what Trump does. I hope he's staying strong, you know, next year, March, April, like going into the home stretch of this thing. I hope Trump is a contender. Some people say that 25% is his floor and his ceiling. Um, so, and, and that a product of a 17 man field or whatever it is now in the Republican, uh, uh, race is, is what's delivered us Trump in the lead that, yeah, when you break it up into that many pieces and you've got a guy like Trump whose floor and ceiling is 25%, he's always going to be your leader and he's going to ruin this thing for you. Uh, and they're trying to say they should break it down, but who do you break it down to? And you see, you see where it's where the numbers are falling, and like Cruz is up there, and like Bush is underperforming. It's it's uh, it's it, a, it must be like, a real. So you, I'm sorry to cut you off, but you know Trump, Cruz, and Bush are current people, right? Like one of my favorites, Kasich, I, I think might be one of the ones that would get cut in that scenario. And someone yeah. else's favorite, you know, is probably Santorum, and someone else. Well, like, I saw that doctor; he, his numbers are up as well. Carson, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not really educated on him. Um, There's a lot of attack ads that I think Jeb Bush paid for the attack ads, or him or Cruz, because they, they either uh, I feel like he took a bite out of both their numbers uh, mm. after the last debate, and they're like bringing up something where he like experimented. They're making it sound like he's Doctor Evil. He experimented on fetal tissue. <laughs> it's just like he's just like, of course I experimented on fetal tissue. <laughs> he's like did he kill embryos is that what he did no no oh, like, okay. like like it was just it was like there was a dead baby or some dead fetal tissue whatever they're calling it i it's it was probably it's probably even uh uh more um le less horrible than it sounds and and, and either bush or cruz one made this whole attack at uh, after him, making him seem like some sort of dr kevorkian baby doctor uh some kind of monster <laughs> i hate those people uh it, it yeah. would be so awful to be a, a politician I, I hope when I'm looking forward to the attack ads for Trump and because I, I feel like he's the kind of guy that in these debates he'll be like, and I saw your attack ad last night, Bush, and just like just call him out on it. I feel like I, I want him to rip Bush on his brother. I'm waiting on those. I'm waiting on those one liners. He's done what, what, stuff like that before. Like he's like <laughs> he's funny. He's so he, he has such a high opinion of himself about everything. But I was listening to Trump and he's like. Uh, you know, Jeb Bush is saying that Iraq was a good idea. Now, I don't know this, but I'm an expert in psychology. That's what he said. And uh, and you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not an expert. In, he's just a regular person, a rich one. But I don't. He could be. Not, I mean, this guy's Batman, okay? If he wanted to be an expert in psychology, he could make that happen in a couple months. He'd bring in some expert psychologists. He'd teach me. Come on, let's go. I feel like if he wanted these things, he could do them. But, I don't know if he's the kind of man who would, but he seems like he is. He seems like the kind of guy who's like, if when he gets fixated on something, like he just makes it happen. Did I, you see the whole thing about him being going I, after Princess Diana? 
so in no get to it in 10 seconds he's like but i'm an expert in psychology so i imagine that george called jeb said hey you're making me look bad and jeb said don't you worry now i'm pro iraq war and he was like, this guy will say anything and it's like you totally pulled all that out of your ass and the only basis is your psychology expertise and everyone's an expert in psychology to some extent right you can read each other's faces and you have an idea but uh you know Trump just unabashedly says that. So anyway, Princess Di? Yeah, so I guess after she divorced Prince Charles, he was obsessed with her. He thought she would be the perfect trophy wife, and he was sending hundreds of, they, they said hundreds of pounds worth of flowers to her uh, apartment or whatever, but you know, uh, he was Trump. apparently, just, yeah, yeah, flooding her with like crazy huge bouquets of flowers and stuff. And uh, after she died, he said it, that was one of his biggest regrets, that he never got to court her, as he put it. He, he, he thought that she was the perfect woman. Huh. And if you look at him back, back, back then, like early '90s or whenever that was, Trump was a good-looking guy. Trump used to be a good-looking guy. Like he that, looks like he's an odd-looking fellow now because of the hair and, and the, the just, jowls, and you know he just didn't. The age tanning well. did, hasn't. It, yeah, there's a few it's things. He's he's not attractive. There's but, something. Yeah, and he's also not conventionally aging. Like you know, like he's just a little off. <coughs> yeah, parts are too smooth. <laughs> well, parts like are too smooth, certain. but like the, I feel like the jowls aren't quite right, and he's, he's he's done the crazy hair thing. When I think I'd rather see a more traditional receding hairline, like whatever it is that he has, just do. That. I bet it's awful. I bet it's like bald in like a squiggly pattern <laughs> or something like that. He, and, and, and <laughs> I think he could grow hair. Like I, I had a friend I worked with. He could grow hair in the front, but he was balding on the top, so he just shaved it bald. And uh, I was like, you know what? Like, what are you doing? He's like, I had no choice. Like, there's no good hairstyle that works with this, like a bean sprout in the front here. He's like, you're a unicorn? No. This is what you do. And uh, fortunately for him, he was really muscular. And I think that you need to be pretty well built to pull off white bald. Mm, I agree. I, I, feel, I, I agree with that, yeah. Yeah. Well, he used to be a good-looking guy. Uh, not so much anymore, but I, I was looking at pictures of him from, I guess, maybe the 80s or something like mm -hmm. that. He's a handsome guy. My daughter always takes offense to him saying that he would marry his daughter. Does Why? That, I, I, he just said, like... I, I heard his quote. It, it's, he, he, I'm going to mess it up, but it was something like, you know, she's a lovely lady. She's smart. She's educated. She's beautiful. You know, like, if I wasn't her parent, you know, I, I would marry her. And... Uh, it, I took it to mean like, like that's his highest compliment. Like, you know, she's good enough for moi. You know, yeah. like, like that's his high. That's the highest. You just compliment. gotta keep in mind this guy is a, a narcissist worth ten billion dollars. Okay, <laughs> yeah. this is Donald Trump. When he says that she's good enough to marry. That's a fucking seal of approval. He just gave you a gold medal, motherfucker. Like it doesn't matter what reality may be. Uh -huh. uh, I mean, you look at his current wife. Like, like she's super hot. His previous wife also super hot. Uh, I mean, it, he's marrying. I, well, in my head, marrying at least in looks wise, he's marrying up every time. Oh yeah, big time. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't like I said, he was a good looking guy back in the day. He's he's old now. I, I, I don't imagine, know how old he is. I don't know if he still sleeps around, but I bet when he was more, uh, you know. When his libido was stronger, he probably slept he was around. he was ho like he did own the Miss uh, America pageant or whatever, right? You think he, he was like fucking <sighs> fucking Miss New Jersey that. behind the dumpsters? Do you remember when that sex tape came out? Yeah, you, like you right bitch. around Miss Universe, there was oh god, there was it. Some guy 
like I'm gonna get my countries wrong, but like he had a three-way with like Miss Asia, Miss like Japan and Miss Jamaica or something. And I, I watched the sex tape, and I'm like, this is the luckiest fuck in the world. And then it's like, whoa, like. He's fucking Miss Cambodia in the ass right now, <laughs> you know, while someone else is doing this to him. And it, yeah, he had like a three or four way. All right. With, wow, with like, and they were all like current year, like, you know, just before, like I'd contest keep, I, time. I'd steal the sash and keep it as a trophy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's that? What's that miss? Is that Miss Argentina sash? What the fuck is that? Oh, I <laughs> yeah. One. <laughs> yeah. Some guys yeah. hang the the garter of their prom date on the rearview mirror. <laughs> I got Miss Argentina sash. A garter. Sash. What kind of prom date's wearing a garter? Oh, God. that was a <laughs> thing in my in my high school. I'll bet it was. You know, the 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 horse and buggy'd pull up. You'd the lady <laughs> would mind her garter and she'd hop on in. Uh, it was. It wasn't attached to anything or anything. I, I recall. I don't know. Okay. Whatever. I, it, dude, prom was way sluttier back. I don't know if it was my high school or my like era, but um, it, like I see girls now. They're wearing like prom dress. Dude, in my high school, 150 people at the prom, roughly, maybe 10 dresses that went down to the ankle. They were all sexy thigh high you know whatever prom dresses back in my day um i remember like one of the the so i went with my girlfriend or whatever and her friend was super hot and she had like i don't know there was like it looked like it looked like lingerie or something like like there was so much material removed like like there it was a dress but the, like, like all dresses but then they just took slices of it out <laughs> in the middle and like around the thighs, so you could almost see her ass. And like, like, like strategic big swaths were removed and were now like completely translucent, like silk or something like that. And it was just like big X's in the front, so you could see like, like only her nipples were covered. Like, there was definitely some sexy, uh, yeah, uh, both dresses. Like, so I went to junior and senior prom, both of them, their prom dresses were so like, so it was almost like a, like a western can can type thing in that. Like, it was so obvious you were going to see their underwear all night that the underwear was, like, part of the outfit. <laughs> <laughs> and, and like, there it was. It was, like, bloomers or something with, like, uh, frills on it or whatever. Like, yeah, it was just it was uh, way sluttier than current proms. I hate both my proms. Both of them were just complete disasters. Uh, one of them, I remember... Let's see. How did I piss her off? It was just a real meltdown. It's... It, so it was something like that we got the we got the limo driver to buy us some booze and uh, and he drank a beer while he drove us back. I didn't give do? a just one beer. I didn't uh -huh. give a fuck. The guy can crack a beer. He's an adult. He just had told us a story about doing cocaine and driving up from Atlanta to Florida and back nonstop with Britney Spears and her posse in that limo. Like I figured he could handle a Coors light at you that think? point. In the yeah. Like grown man. One beer. And, and, like, her uncle had been killed by a drunk driver, like, eight years prior, and mm -hmm. she just had a whole fucking meltdown about it. And, uh, and, and so that was one year. And then the next year, same girl, uh, uh, my, one of my friends died in a car accident a few weeks prior to prom, maybe one week. And there's this big thing that everybody was going to sign, you know, for, for the dead guy. And she was like, could you sign the thing for me? And I, I was like, no. No, that's the whole point, is that you sign it. I won't sign the thing for you. 
and and like there was a whole meltdown over that but i was just gonna stand by my principles for no fucking reason because i just felt strongly that like no the whole point of that card is for you to sign it to say that i stood here and signed this thing i send my you know prayers and thoughts and you know i'm so sorry for your loss blah 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 if i fucking sign it what's the goddamn point right like i i know my handwriting i is hear great, where you're coming but, from on no. both of these i'm actually not on your side on either one i i am uh strictly well, anti-drinking as a 17 year old yeah like 17 year old me is a fucking idiot that's not <laughs> thank you it, it's yeah. a 17 year old version of me and 16 year old version of me. no one of them is like 15 version of me and the other is like 16 those versions of me would have just been calculating how to get in those panties just whatever move would have gotten me in the panties more effectively is the one that i would have pursued well didn't work out like that those were yeah. both disasters both proms spent so much fucking money on all that shit i, I paid for both limos paid for all that shit mm-hmm my junior prom went good. Uh, I got along well. I had a good time with the girl. We made out or something. That's it. My senior prom went... Uh, there's no room for improvement on that one. Did you do a limo? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Limos were... It wasn't... Like, I think where we are now, like, not everyone's renting limos and stuff. But where we were in Ocean City, not that it was rich. It was just that, I guess, everyone got limos. Yeah. It was... Um, I wouldn't have gone if we didn't have a limo. And it, it, I, I would have felt like that was not doing it right that would be like not going you know if i didn't have some patent leather shoes or something like well no i need them for my tuxedo like it would be like going in a t-shirt or something this wouldn't do it if i wouldn't i would i would have felt unprepared without my limo but mm -hmm. we always got a fancy limo um the first year we got a stretch navigator because there was that r kelly song is like bump bump bumping in the stretch navigator and and so we had stretch navigator and uh so the next year we got the stretch hummer and uh and both of those were really cool and i just remember um and the Hummer, like the previous people who had been in it, must have been really fancy because they had those like big glass um, um, bottles that like don't have labels or anything. It's just like a big fancy bottle that you pour your booze into, mm -hmm. and there was still like that much booze in both of them. And we were just like, "All right, now we're <laughs> now we're in business. So we got we got we got we got drinks." But uh, I would always bring a. a giant, the biggest bottle of vodka I could find on those trips, anyway. So. We didn't do that. Both, both, went, both went poorly. We, both um, so my junior year, I was responsible for booking the limo, and I was an idiot. And I got, like, the last limo available, and it was shit. And it was, like, old. I think it even might have broken down, and they had to, like, fix it. But we were dancing and stuff, so he's, like... Yeah, it didn't matter. Like, he dropped us off, and there was an issue, but it was an issue that did And then by the time was, he was picking us up again... You know, he managed or something like it didn't impact us too much, but I, I think it did break down that night. And the second one was just um, it was a fine late model limo, but it wasn't a Hummer or Navigator or anything like that. Just a car. So it worked out good. Worked out good. Uh, yeah, my junior year, I've told the story. So in super fast forward, that was the one where my my school had this culture. Everyone would bring in like the physical pictures afterwards and they'd look at each other's prom pictures, mostly of us just like either being silly in the photo or looking nice in our tuxedos. And my parents had exchanged pictures of us the next morning being exhausted. So I had her in the morning and she had me in the morning, but we didn't sleep together. But everyone made the assumption we slept together. And then she made the assumption that I told everyone we slept together. And it was my first experience with ever anyone being like, you said I did this. No, I didn't. And that no, I didn't person not being a liar. And it was me. And, uh, and I think 
to this day, she probably hates me for it. And I'm like, but I'm innocent. I swear to God, I, I never said that I slept with her and I didn't. And, um, uh, yeah. That. Well, fuck her then. Yeah, right. She wants a grudge like that for eighty-seven years, <laughs> at least. Yeah, she, I, 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 she's pretty fucked up. I can tell you off camera. I don't want to share her uh, dirty laundry, but uh, sure, sure. She's pretty fucked well, up. Well, I, 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 I always thought it would be it would have been cool if I could have like done something neat for prom, like if my a helicopter or something like that. Uh, those are the kind of you ever see Romy and Michelle's high school reunion. Where, like the nerd from back in the day shows up and uh oh god well that'll do it <laughs> oh yeah i think you've mentioned this to me uh before yeah that's a terrible thing that would have made okay yeah that's real so bad maybe we should give her a bit of a pass i don't know no but still the <laughs> no <laughs> uh but yeah so she had issues and what were you saying are you typing to me? Mm-hmm. Oh no, no. I was just. Uh, Romy was, Michelle's. Uh, thing. Oh yeah, I was just thinking like the part of that is like the the nerd from school like started some company, became a multimillionaire, and he he like lands in a chopper uh, for the high school reunion. I always thought that was a funny movie. It's kind of a chick flick though, I guess. I saw it. I don't remember it that well, but yeah, I. <laughs> I've only been to one high school reunion, and I think it was ten years, and uh, I felt like it wasn't late enough it might have been 15 years but everyone was still pretty fittish um everyone was still i don't know i guess you could see where their careers were going right because like it gave you some some insight into what was going on but everyone was still like just sort of working their way to the top we so our i think the valedictorian uh is supposed to put on the thing it's their responsibility to like a, arrange the tent the, the reunion uh-huh. and ours tried to do this five-year reunion that no one came to and that pissed her off and like upset her so much that she just didn't do the 10 years so there just wasn't one i don't think i'd have gone anyway i don't think i've had any interest in that but still it's uh i saw somebody yesterday i saw a girl that i went to high school with and she had like a couple kids with her and everything and she looked rough she just had like big, like crow's feet and Who like is she? big wrink. A girl I went to high school with. Oh, my just age. a girl. It wasn't the valedictorian. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Just big wrinkles here and just. And I was just like, "All right then, <laughs> you were not a good choice. Dodge that one." Okay, like, like definitely went. I, I don't know if it's stress or just uh, or, or what, but she had not aged well. And then like I, I'm there with. I don't think she recognized me, but like, actually, the last two girls I've seen that I knew from high school had both looked really bad. One was working at a restaurant and the other was this one. And both times I had my girlfriend with me and I was just like, yeah, I did good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad I, um, I didn't pick one of those old 1986 models. <laughs> I, uh, I'd like to go to my high school reunion. I'm just... I, not that I want to be a, a dick about success. I really just want to see like how everyone turned out. Like, you know, hey, who's this guy? Who's that guy? Facebook helps for that. You know, you can like Facebook stalk people here and there. But I feel like if you talk to him, you'd get a better vibe. Like, I don't know. There's one guy, I didn't particularly like him. And now um, I know he's in the plumbers union. And uh, I wonder if he's like disgruntled, unhappy, whatever, like wished he wasn't a plumber. Or like totally living life, enjoying himself, happily married plumber. Like there's a, there's a huge difference. And, uh, you know, Facebook doesn't tell the whole picture. Yeah. Yeah, you never know. Yeah. But. I don't get on Facebook. I don't do it. I uh, I really hate Facebook. At, 
just it's not that I hate my interactions with Facebook. So don't don't get me wrong. I hate Facebook. Like the idea of it and the way everybody like connects and 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 your mom's on Facebook and like all your cousins are on Facebook and then it recommends people that like you were hoping would fade out of your life and then they're like, "Oh, I guess I'm not fading away after all." And then and then you got to like decline their friends friend request and I get in a situation where they'll be they'll like message me, "Hey, you must have accidentally deleted my friend request. And then I got to delete the whole fucking account and be like, hey, nothing personal. I'm just out. Like, <laughs> like, I hate it. I hate it. So I have a secret Facebook account now. I always have to have a secret one because every time someone adds it, I just delete it again. Because I don't want to be Facebook friends with anybody. Worker. I don't want to socialize with them. I and hate I it. I don't even hear. I'll look. I have. Oh. I expected to see a really big number. Oh, there it is. Uh, it, just, it just says 99 plus. I don't know how many messages I haven't replied to, but like all of them. On my fan page, I'll go on there. I check those messages. I reply to the ones that are that that are pertinent. That you know, if they're asking me something, I'm you know, I want to be a part of or something. If it's not just like, hey, what's your favorite gun? You know, I won't reply to that. But if it's something that that needs some some input from me, I totally reply to those. But uh, I the, the the personal these are like people that I kind of know. That, like like people from the paintball event, like I don't know, pick one of those random people who was like, hey hey hey, do you know me? I'm Jimmy Cracks Corn number four. You may have heard me heard of me known as Jimmy, and it's just like nah, Jimmy, I don't really know you. Those people will add me, and, and then they've got their own groups of friends, and then all their friends try to add me, and so I have a secret Facebook now that I don't want to be part of anymore. Mine appears not to be a secret at all. Um... But yeah, people people try to add me. I don't. I don't. I'm just looking at this for the first time. Like I don't. I don't even know these people. Like this is a, a kindergarten teacher. Your kindergarten teacher? No, this a kindergarten. Oh, a teacher. kindergarten teacher. And she looks too old to be a fan and too young to be a like old friend. Uh, a lot of these are fans. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know what done. It's getting on off topic, but it's just. Random people reach out to me all the time. Uh, I don't. I don't usually look at them. I'm kind of curious now. I'll go look. I just don't have the time, and I just there's a lot of people that I just. It's not that I don't like them. I just don't want to be friends with them, and it's not that I don't want to be friends with them because stick with me here. It's not that I want to be friends with them because like I'd be like, oh, that guy again. It's just that I don't want to deal with anyone. It's like I got like. The one friend. I, I'm good. You know, I got you. Like, what more do I need? Why do I need all these other jokers mixing themselves up in my life? Like, like trying to, trying to, uh, you know, get time out of me. I don't need that shit. Yeah. That, that, <laughs> that's in gaming. I was like that too. It was like, look, I'm sure you're wonderful. I'm sure you're a great player. And I'm sure that you are a delightful conversationalist. But the thing is, like, I have so many gaming friends right now that I'm having a hard time giving them all the attention that they want and deserve. And, you know, if I had you as a friend, while you seem worthy, I would actually be a worse friend to all these people. That, that was my situation with gaming all the time. I just don't want to be friends with people. I, I just mm. don't want to interact with them and, and talk about bullshit with them because I've done it before and I, I just don't like doing it again. I don't like, I like meeting new people, but I don't want us to like, I don't want you to be part of my life from now on. Like I met a guy in Texas and we, he's like, oh, you play Civ too? We got to exchange Steam IDs. And I'm just like, ah, nah, man. Let's just, let's just have this memory of me and you in Texas having our fun, and then that'll be the end of us forever. Dude, 
Maybe Dude. next time in Texas we'll be friends again. But like, we don't need to like pretend like we've like made a deep emotional connection and play Civ like over the internet with each other. Then I'm worrying about like, should I if I can attack you or not? Like, like, nah, let's let's not do that. I, I, nah, everybody's always that guy at paintball. The the you know the one that was sitting with us for a long time. Uh-huh. And he had a little guy with him, like, just annoyed the fuck out of me. Seemed like a nice guy, but, like, I don't want to be texting back and forth with him. Like, I don't need that in my life. I just don't want it. <laughs> Every so often, someone will be like, you know, they, like, they, they want to get on my friends list or whatever. And uh, it's funny, like you said, like, can't we just always have, sh- have this? The memory of you introducing yourself to me at a buffet. <laughs> Let's just share yeah. this as, as the extent of our relationship. Duct Tape Man, perfect example. Now, look, I got nothing against Duct Tape Man. I don't think I want him in my life every day. I like him. I want good things for him in life. I see he's buying a house and he's advancing in his job, and I'm on his team. Go DTM. But we don't need to text with each other. He doesn't need to be, like, on some sort of a friends list where he can DM me or anything. Like, when I see him at an event, I'm like, yo, Duct Tape Man, me and you, let's talk. Like, Mm -hmm. I, I always give him his time. I always like hanging out with him and, like, you know, I know him. He's been coming to these things for years, spending his money, and I get a little bit of that money. So I appreciate his business. I appreciate his friendship, and he's a nice guy. But we're not going to be friends for life. Like, like I just don't want to let more people into my life and give more pieces of me away. Like, that's how I see friendship sometimes because I don't know. Like Every time my phone goes off, I, I'm just annoyed by it. I'm just like, who wants what? <laughs> like this, that's, that's what it always is. It's never like, hey, Kyle, guess what I got for you? Oh, motherfucker. I've been wanting me one of those. Like, I sent that never a funny happens. picture recently. What the fuck was it? I can't remember. And I, Did I, I sent you? or I, I sent it. Um, it. It was an imager link. And I don't remember what it was anymore, but it seemed perfect at the time for our group. Hmm. Let's see here. It was it was within the last two days. Um, I don't think so. The last thing I see, I sent you that tractor video of me being attacked by the bees. The toilets were before that. I sent you those floors that had been like epoxied. Uh-huh. That were pretty beautiful. I think this is all uh, more recent than that. It's just an hmm. imager link. I had to send it twice because it failed the first time, but I thought it worked eventually. It didn't, did it? I guess. I guess not. Well, I'll keep scrolling and looking for it. You, you don't remember what it was? No. Ah, here it is. Oh. Uh, let me open this. It's uh, the Bernie Sanders thing, where Sanders' campaign reaches out to Black Lives Matter activists, and then <laughs> Trump, Trump vows to beat up Black Lives Matters activists if they try. <laughs> That's it. That? <laughs> that was it. The contrast. Um, yeah. Uh, Trump vowed to beat up Black Lives Matters people if they try to interrupt him. I will shoot four of them. Like, like, <laughs> I him up there with his gun. Like. Uh, that's, that's what he needs to do. He needs to really pander to the to the anti gun to the to the gun crowd. I feel like he needs to go to them specifically and be like, none of these candidates want to protect your rights. You got Bernie Sanders in second place. He's saying this about you. you got Hillary Clinton leading. She's saying this about you. He needs to be who. Going yeah. at talking about the gun stuff, really getting them up in a frenzy and not attacking the uh, and his other opponents, I feel like. I, I feel like he could attack his other opponent. Like, Jeb Bush will tell you he's pro-gun, but no one likes shooting shit like I do. <laughs> Just fucking, <laughs> like, <laughs> make, like, an FPS Russia video. <laughs> no, no, no. I got it. I got it. Go on. Jeb Bush will tell you he's pro-gun. But me and my buddy Dick Cheney here, we know. <laughs> 
It's full of shit, ain't that right? Dude? <laughs> ah, that's right. Ah, ah. <laughs> like having both out there gunning stuff down. <laughs> Trump runs. <laughs> <laughs> no, Dick. No. <laughs> I still like your guns. Ah, ah, you shot my bird. Dick Cheney looks so much like the penguin, it's hysterical. Like, <laughs> he looks so much like the penguin. He just needs the monocle and ah. He's, uh, he's such an evildoer. He's clearly like as close as my generation will ever come to Dr. Evil. Like, he really is. He's that an guy. evildoer. Yeah. I, they made it seem like he was the true president while Bush was just the figurehead that could get elected. And then in the second term, that became, I, I always wondered how powerful Cheney was. From what I've, so there was, there was a guy on a radio show talking about his experiences within the White House and what he saw, and, and he seemed to make it seem like it was overblown that Cheney was really, like, in control. He made it seem that, like, that Cheney's, um, Cheney's that Bush took Cheney's advice very uh, seriously in the first term, that if Cheney spoke up, his voice was heard loudest of all. But in the second term, that there was sort of a parting of the ways and that Bush started to rely on him less and less and started thinking that some of Cheney's ideas weren't so hot after all. But I don't know. It's that hard to say. Tight, like, maybe, that makes maybe Cheney sense. was the puppet master after all. Yeah, yeah. Huh. I don't know. Hard to say. I feel like Bush is. A, I feel like Bush ended up over his head when he got in there. I, I bet... I feel sorry for Bush in some ways. I bet Bush was really just like, I don't know what to do. I feel I don't think he went after Iraq because he thought, let's waste a trillion dollars and kill 100,000 innocent people. And he was like, well, let's protect America. And then he had like 96% approval ratings or something. He's, so wh crazy. how yeah. how how do you like stop yourself? How do you go, whoa, 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 George, whoa, let's pull back. Why would you when 96% of the country's behind you? Like, nobody can say shit about you without being labeled unpatriotic. You're and you seem to be winning us. the war. Yeah. and <sighs> But he was terrible. What a waste. What a waste that was. It, of I, I remember before the, um, the Iraq war, Gore got on CNN, which was a bigger deal at the time. CNN was the number one news thing, uh, not Fox. And... Uh, He's saying we shouldn't go to Iraq. Like the American people are being misled. Iraq had nothing to do with 9-11. They're not the same thing. They're different, totally different. There is a national mourning and enthusiasm and energy and patriotism that I've never seen in my life. Like this combination, the whole country is looking to the government and saying, what should we do now, right? The government has an opportunity to lead that it normally doesn't. And uh, we're wasting it by going to our, an Iraq war. And they asked Gore, like, well, what would you do? And he's like, energy independence. That's what I do. You know, we can, we can have a, a conservation in the energy and we can work on solar and hydro and all these green natural redundant. Take that billion dollars and do any fucking thing billion, you want. Take a dream project a out of the air and make it weird, make it real with yeah. a trillion dollars. Yeah, right. You could have educated the whole population. You could, you could have. have we could have went to Mars. And, and populated the fucking thing with a trillion dollars, dude. It's a like, trillion like they, dollars, yeah. You, you could have, um, or at the very least, like, we could all have solar energy on our roofs right now. Just all sitting here collecting energy, doing that thing. I like, I like the housing one. Like, how much housing you could have provided hmm. uh, for, for just, you know, 
I, I don't like the idea of just like free government housing to people who are below a certain level or anything. But what if you just went and wiped out all the mortgage debt? What if you just anybody who's paying on a home just went, start paying all those off? Just pick a pick a pick a slice of those people who owe X amount and and figure out how you're going to do the most impact. You know what I mean? There's no sense paying some like millionaire's mansion off. But if you've got like if a if you can take a trillion dollars and pay off all the loans for like you know. Three hundred thousand dollars or less for that are their mortgage loans. Like, do it, do it. Now everybody's got their house paid for. Now, now their income's going somewhere else. Now that now it's not Probably going back to, into the economy into consumer back, goods. Of course, yeah, yeah. You know, you can put it you, or the education one. I like that one too. I like the idea of just saying, "Hey, this generation's education's on Uncle Sam." Like, we got this. Yeah, I, I, there's so many amazing things you could do with a trillion dollars. Gore's idea was clean energy and energy independence yeah. and if you got to be average free college like we could have done that no <laughs> energy problem. independence in particular is interesting because that defunds a lot of the bad guys too you know like it, saudi arabia is a huge sponsor of terrorism and no one wants to like admit it no one wants to rock the boat they're they're somehow both partners and enemies of the united states and no one wants yeah, to talk about the, the enemy part like <clears throat> I, I i hate to keep to do this thing where you mix you where you say that all Muslims are terrorists or all that or that all terrorists are Muslim or anything like that. But on the front of the Saudi Arabia, you know what it says on the front of the Saudi Arabian flag? Like what I it don't. says in Arabic. It's, it says there there is no God but Allah. Like they seem like that's a big part of their country. Like like I just don't know if They're you want more oppressive to women than most American allies. Like we wouldn't put up with that shit in a lot of countries. But somehow Saudi Arabia gets this like, ah, eh, you know, that's just their way pass. Like it, ah, King Abdullah, <laughs> he's old school. I worked with this woman named Lauren when I, when I was doing accounts payable and receivable at Railroad. It's a railroad construction company. Anyway, Lauren was hard to get along with, really hard. You could so much as say good morning to you, and she'd just kind of growl back. Like, I don't know if you've ever worked or known anyone like this, but it was like she was just a, in bitch mode 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Meanwhile... Like, if I'm ever down for a bit, they're like, what's wrong, Woody? Huh? You're like, you know, why aren't you telling jokes or being cheery or like, you know, making this whole office a brighter place to live? And it's like, fuck, next job, I'm going to be Lauren on day one. I'm just going to be that asshole where everyone says that's just Woody's way. You know, they're like, hey, good morning, Woody. <sighs> Right. Do that. And then they'll just like give you a pass for it. That's what Saudi Arabia has. They've got the Lauren pass somehow. They just like, yeah, women get oppressed and beaten. And there's like self-made police that determine whether or not your hair is showing or something. And they just fuck with you. They've got they've, not only do they have that like modesty to police that you're describing, they've got a government agency that seeks out and punishes witchcraft and wizardry. Okay, like they got an anti Harry Potter league going on that's financed by the government. It, 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 it's a Total scary horseshit. place. Women can't drive. I think the women are about to get the right to vote right now. Like that's a thing happening as we speak. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> they're going through. They're going through suffrage over there. They're they're a little behind us. <laughs> that's crazy. Not that not that we're leading the in, in too many things. Twentieth, I think, in uh, on the Freedom Index, uh, the new numbers. Canada's number six. Uh, number one was. Fuck, who was number one? Who was super free? I don't know. I'd like to... I, I have my own version of the Freedom Index. Like, Americans think they're very free. And there's a lot of free stuff. Fru Hong Kong. There's a lot of rights here. Hong Kong, huh? Um, like, you, you, speech 
is one where we usually don't budge very much. You can get away with saying a lot, a lot about your, about people, about celebrities, about government, etc. Legally, um, you can, but yeah. it's you can uh, it seems a like a lot, right? The Dixie the, Chicks might argue it's not that free, <laughs> but uh, um, I so, stomp my album in the street like everybody else. <laughs> in, in, in speech, I feel like we have a lot of freedom, but a lot of other stuff, like there's a lot of regulations here. There's a reason why we fare pretty well every earthquake, you know. They specifically pointed out um, private property rights and mm -hmm. uh, and financial rights, but they didn't really get any more in depth than that. They said that those were the reasons. I think we slipped in the index. I think that was the thing. Yeah, like civil forfeiture, forfeiture I think I pronounced that right, is a big deal where like they can, a police department can just kind of declare that all this shit was somehow used in your, you know, pot consumption. And now you've lost your money in your car and your whatever. And the, the, the police department personally, dude, when you have like policemen deciding whether or not they want your shit, that's a terrible system. And it looks like it's getting some flashlight shine on it and improving, but just saying that's a terrible system. Um, you know, you have to go to a third world country and see that variety of freedom. The whole like, yeah, you can, like all this is government land. You can do whatever the fuck you want over there. You need a tree. You want to go ride your dirt bike. You want to go like make it a, an adventure sport. You want to do whatever. Here, like uh, you need a permit to walk on the like the Jamir Trail, which is this trail that goes to the Yosemite Mountains. And uh, there's not very many of these permits handed out. So you have to like wake up at 4 a.m. and be the first. The, the place opens at 7, but you got to get up at line at like 4 in the snow, buying tickets and stuff. Like getting a fucking iPod. Jesus. Y yes. Yeah. Every day. And, uh, and that's like, and, and this is just for permission to walk in the woods. That to me, like, I don't know. You, you just have to, you, you have to go see what no rules looks like. Before you're like, ah, oh, you know what? Like, yeah, all right, we're good on freedom of speech. Well, I'll give you that. But there's other shit we're not so free. Have you seen uh, the John Oliver special about televangelists? Yet? Yes. Okay. So I think we should save that for PKA because we need Taylor there for, for the anti-religion talk. But you should also, as for an additional reading, if you will, you should watch The Honest Liar on Netflix. And it's all about this guy who, uh, he was a magician called The Amazing Randy. And he loves magic, Ooh, but but he always him. old ball he, guy. So he debunks the people who scam artists, um, mm -hmm. psychics, anyone who's out there using trickery like magic, sleight of hand, to make people believe they have powers and thereby defrauding them. You know, taking their money, having mm -hmm. them. Uh, uh, he also went goes after televangelists. There was a really famous case where he exposed one for having an earpiece in his ear, and uh, he recorded it. It's so funny. So this guy's thing was, he's got this huge mega church and, and he'd be like jimmy stewart jimmy stewart where are you jimmy and jimmy would stand up like out of nowhere he'd say this and he doesn't know these people it's a huge crowd of strangers you live on 17 bridge street don't you come down here jimmy you've got a lump in your chest god's gonna burn that lump right out like he'd pull this number and everybody's getting fired up and of course jimmy he's dancing you know this guy would literally break uh people's canes over his knee after he blesses them and stuff meanwhile uh the guy in this documentary this is just one of the things he did. Like the, the documentary is very good. He, uh, he, he called in an expert and the guy had this receiver where he could like change the frequency and he, he picks up the frequency and recorded and you hear it. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, you hear, Jimmy? I can't remember if his name was Jimmy. Jimmy, are you there? Can you hear me? 
you better be able to or you in big trouble. And it's his wife. His wife's there, and she's just reading him information. She's like, Jimmy Stewart, 17 Bridge Street. He's got lumps in his chest, and, and he's getting them one after another. And, just, and then they pass the buckets around for the money, and he's telling them, you know, whatever you put in there is coming back to you tenfold. And people are throwing tens and twenties and just just huge amounts of money in there. Uh, but John Oliver was really saying good. that stuff too, right? Like the bigger the seed, the bigger the plant. You know, you got to do that. They, yeah. and, and they'd catch people. Say, <sighs> I re- so we did something called um, engagement encounter. Have you ever heard of this? You told me all about it. Yeah. Okay. So there was a lot of aspects of engagement encounter that were really positive. Like, you know, working through, even though I felt like we were on the same page and a lot of stuff we did like, like you should talk about whether you want to have kids or not. What you think we didn't fucking talk about that? Like we're on the same page with like all the big topics and stuff, but there was some stuff we got out of it. And then other stuff that I really hated, like there was this big circle jerk in it about how God will take care of your finances, right? And they're like, yeah, if you give 10% to this. And, and then there were people like, yeah, sure. I remember one time um, they were so broke, a window, someone like threw a ball through the window and they didn't have any money to fix it. And then sure enough, like, like they just got like, a, they overpaid for something or got a refund on something. And it was almost, the, it was a similar amount to the window damage repair. And they're like, that just proves that God provides. And it's like, no, it fucking doesn't. That's not conclusion. It shows that you were hypersensitive to getting $120. And when it happened, you went, hallelujah. Yeah. It, it no. shows that you're so desperate for evidence that God's giving you money that you'll take every financial transaction in your way as God handing you cash. And Stern was playing, I think it was Falwell, Jerry Falwell, whatever that guy is. He's an old guy. Mm-hmm. And he was, t- and someone asked him, like why? Like we, we, you heard the interviewer ask the question, and she sounded like she was fucking with him. To be honest, she was like, "Now I, I see you praying for the deaf to hear and the blind to see, for the 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 lame to walk, and you know the cancer to to heal itself. Why do you never pray for limbs to be regrown, or you know something like that? Why something we could see happen?" And he's like, "Oh well, there there was the case in Ghana where the man spontaneously regrew an arm." And, and there was the case in blah, 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 where the man regrew an eyeball. And he's just like going on with this bullshit. And she's just like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Like Stern plays the clips of him all the time. Him like telling these people to like not go to doctors and to like come to church and pray on it and all this bullshit. Um, and in that documentary I'm talking about, like the guy literally is like, he's like, there's people out there. Maybe, maybe I hope I'm not getting the too confused between Colbert or... um the other thing in this, but he, he was telling them like, uh, the, the alternative is like, uh, he was describing chemo. He, he's like, do you really want to go do that chemo? You're throwing up, you're sick. Nah, won't you come here and pray with us? And it was just like, Oh no, don't tell people that. Yeah. Like, no, you need that chemo. That chemo is what you need. <laughs> like, <laughs> John Oliver found a little quote of them being anti chemo too. It, it was it a woman. I don't remember. No, uh, yeah, I don't remember. It's, it's at a all. woman in mind for sure. Okay. I can't recall. Cause I watched them like back to back. It, it's it should be criminal, but what what it should be it is a painkiller already tax break. You want to found our own religion? I'm totally down. We could totally do it. Oh, um, we already meet every Saturday morning. Every every time, yeah. We, if you want to form a religion, I think that'd be hilarious. Uh, <laughs> I want to be, be ordained though, so that I can legally perform marriages. That's 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 part. That's got to be part of it. I want to be um, I don't know Minister Kyle or something like that. 
That sounds I think that'd be hilarious. We should I look into that. I think about my title. I don't think I like minister. Priest? Grand Poobah? I don't know. We need to think outside the box. Make you the Pope of our religion. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that other Pope. You think that Pope is cool? <laughs> we need to get ready. About this has got to be a thing. I like it. I like it. We can get you the hat, too. Yeah, move over, Chiz. I've already the got Pope one. Of the is in town. <laughs> I got this big crazy Pope hat. Yeah, we'll have to rearrange the camera, right? Da -da -da -da. Show all this this head. I move the. Other That'd be hat. funny to form our own religion. Uh, Scott was talking about doing that one time. My cousin, he because he had a bunch of girlfriends at the time, like four, I think. Mm -hmm. He was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna call it the Church of Scott. Stop <laughs> paying taxes, start fucking bitches." He's like, "I'm gonna make each one of them." Tattoo my name on her titty. I already got one that's down. And I was like, holy shit. We're, we're coming on two hours now, but I want to know, how's Scott doing? He's doing good. Um, he, uh, he, he took, uh, I think he took six weeks off. He's restoring a tractor right now. Uh, really? Do you know what kind of tractor? It's that John Deere I sent you the pictures of. It's, he's got it completely disassembled right now. I mean, completely. Like, it's the engine sitting on the frame and, you know, the tires... And the wheels are are in multiple sections the way I, they work. And there's it's a like guy um, in New Jersey. He's a YouTuber called One Lonely Farmer or something like that, but it's misspelled. And uh, um, he does that a lot. It seems like whenever there's a motor or transmission problem, the first thing you have to do is split the tractor in half. And uh, um, so anyway, like I, I feel like I've I've watched on YouTube what he's doing now, like four times now. Like he he just he has a bunch of tractors. He's always working on something. And uh, this will be the. I think this is the second one Scott's restored uh, looks, for the same. It looks really complicated. Like, there's you, a lot of parts. You crack open that gearbox, and I'm just like, Ooh, it, it, it there's looks, no gearbox cracking. He's painting. Okay, yeah. Um, that's yeah. That's a neat thing to do. I I I was thinking about doing that too. We'll see. Uh, maybe restoring becomes a, a hobby. I don't know. The paint and body thing is hard. I can't do what Scott can do. And Scott's been practicing for years. Um, it, there might be lower standards for tractor. It'll look like shit if you do a bad job. Like in a way that's like noticeable to your wife or your children. Yeah. It'll be like, what's that? It'll be like, I feel like with cars, they look at the reflection to see whether or not it's like cloudy or pure gloss. And there's like six or 12 coats of clear. And like it's... It, needs to be perfect with tractors it just needs to be like taped properly and you'd be surprised how hard it is not to make the paint run like not to not to just just to get it to lay on slick mm -hmm. uh, and, and look like like with a pan of spray paint you're like yeah i'll just oh well yeah i'll do that i can i can spray paint without making anything run but that gun i mean there's it's not just all the way on or all the way off. There's mm -hmm. pressure involved, and you know there's the distance between the gun and the car, and then you can the gun's completely you I've know, done it with uh, adjustable, huh? I've done it with furniture, not with paint as much, but with you know like varnish and stuff. Um, Clear coat is drying as you're shooting it. To some I meant extent. to say, uh, but I haven't done it with cars. I've just there's people around here that do tractors inexpensively. They paint tractors, and I think that it's. I think the automotive guys, I could be off, but I think the automotive guys are a higher level of expert, especially like the hot I'm, rod guys. Like, Yeah, I'm sure so. Yeah. But um, yeah, I'd be super curious. I'd, I'd love to see some pictures of what Scott finishes with. That'd be neat to know. I will. Yeah, I'll take pictures when it's done. He was, uh, he's probably about halfway done now. He's got it completely taken apart. 
and painted, and now it looks like he's got to do like the finishing work and then put it back together. It just sounds like Scott hit on something with this welding thing. Did, was he a good welder before he learned to weld? A dumb question, but like, no. He he recently um, got his certification like a year, a year and a half ago. Well, he already had one. He had to go get like more. He he did. He, he got a two year technical degree, mm-hmm. um, and he learned to weld. And he was a good welder then. But and they had promised him all these jobs straight out of school, but there were none. And then he worked with me for maybe two years or something mm-hmm. like that. And now he since went back to school. And I don't know how long he went back. You know, a, at least a year. And he he uh, he learned some much more advanced welding techniques and the stuff that's required at these nuclear plants, I guess. And applied himself to that. And now it seems like he's just got good jobs whenever he wants and okay. as much time off as he wants. And kind of like, this appears I don't know. like there's a way higher barrier to entry than I thought. Like, yeah, he's very good at what he does. It's, it's, um, Jeremy wants to do that, but Jeremy can't do that. Um, it's, uh, Scott's a very good well. When he's done, it looks like, you ever see those pictures on Reddit of like the beautiful well? Yeah. Scott does that. Scott does that. Like, I send those pictures to Scott, and he's like, look at mine. And he's got the same shit. Like, yeah. when, he, he's, when he's operating the stick on it, like, he tigs. So you've got, like, the, uh-huh. the, the one torch-like implement, and the, the other thing is, like, your one's wire. one's called a rod, and the other's whatever. The, but he's, whatever. he's doing all kinds of crazy stuff over there. It's like sewing. Like, when he's yeah. done, those welds look beautiful. They look I've like never, snake scales. I, I can do stick, and I can do mig. Uh, I've never even tried TIG or um, you can do it with gas too. I don't know how to do it. They used that. to do this joke at school with TIG where like they would ground your, the, the, they would ground the seat and electrocute you. And so I never did it. Like, like I didn't want to get shocked. Like they, we, it was a regular thing it, whenever I did it. Like, like whenever I walked by somebody who was TIGging, I'd take the clamp off the workpiece and stick it on their fucking chair and it would, it would short them out and shock them. It wouldn't kill you or anything, but it shocked the fuck out of you. <laughs> So you made yourself not vulnerable in that. By yeah, not yeah. I, I was like, well, I, I can never do this. I don't want uh, that shit. <laughs> I, um, yeah, I'd like to learn to take. When I was doing my off-roading stuff, uh, I could MIG weld, and it would be strong and the same as stick. But the TIG guys, you know, it was just beautiful, right? It was. It's, it's you can TIG level. two aluminum cans together. You, you know, you've got, you can do a lot of cool stuff. I've seen people, like, the transmission fell out from under the car, and like rolled down the highway and shattered in the process. And this guy put it back together like a puzzle and tigged it all together. And it was incredible. It looked like a jigsaw puzzle, like because the, the that thing had broken in so many pieces. But they just put it fucking back together. That's um, neat. I've got a I've got a tig welder. I got one machine that was like three, four grand, something like that. And it does like it's like a plasma cutter, tig, stick, and MIG. It'll do everything, and I don't know. I got some special wire feeding stuff for it, but I never use that stuff. It's, I think that right now the dog chewed the lead off the end of the hose, so I need a new lead. But <laughs> yeah, I have, I've got um, the machine, but I can't do it. I have a good MIG welder. I, I want to say it costs like a grandish, and uh, uh, it's ESOB, which is not Miller, but it, uh, whatever. It, dude, dude. Mine's green. Green. <laughs> Mine's yellow. Yeah, it's... Uh, it's uh, I remember like it's not um, it's it's a known brand, but it wasn't the easier one. Like like Scott was like, God damn it, why'd you get this one? Because mine's got so many digital. Uh-huh. It's got a huge digital display and lots of knobs. I mean, a dozen knobs at least. And Scott found it confusing. Scott found it well. Um, two years ago he did. Now he might just hop on there and go to town. Right. But he's got his own shit now, so like yeah, yeah. he's probably better with his stuff than he is with mine. Uh-huh. Well, that's probably a show. Two hours, huh? Uh, yeah, 158. 
So very good. That was PKN 53. Um, yeah. I hope you guys enjoyed it.